Where is this place? No idea. I bloody hate this. What? What is this? Is it, is it ash? Uh, yeah, looks like it. You alright, man? <coughs> yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? The ash is starting to cling to your fur. Unless you've got a brush in your robes, ain't nothing neither of us can do about that. Well, are you drinking enough water? You what? Water. You know, you have to keep hydrated. It's good for you and your fur. It'll also help you against having throat problems with this ash. I am hands down not taking wellness advice from a grim reaper. Anyway, it's just a bit of a throg in my throat. Oh, dude, you're not eating them again. You always choke on them. I can't say no to a good frog. Don't judge me! No, you can't. Wait, who who gave you the frog? No one. Don't lie to me. Who gave you that frog? He did. <laughs> How'd you like that frog, eh? You! You give Grim Reapers a bad name. Look, I, I'm just doing my job. I'm a necromancer. I'm supposed to be evil. That's kind of what we do. Yeah, but you make my job a nightmare. Maybe you should try harder then. Listen here, you little shit. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Waffling Tellers Podcast. Absolutely. That's the one. Welcome to the show. Easy stingray. <laughs> yes, someone did it. Finally, my life is complete. Anytime, bro. That's it. Bucket list checked. <laughs> Just got a high five for Walrus. That's it. Okay, so um yes, we are the Waffle Tell. I am Jay, one of the hosts with me is Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? Hello, Squidgy. Absolutely. Kudos on getting the intro right, by the way. Well, it's only been 130 episodes. Finally got it right. Which means I'll get it wrong in the next one. Yep. Yep, that's me. Anyway, right. Absolutely. But, but we, we, we are joined by a super special guest today. It's Lulu. How are you, Lulu? Hey, I'm fine. I'm fine, thank you. Hello, thank you for having me back. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's comfy in here. <laughs> we try to make it as comfy as possible. I like what you've done with the place. Well, that's, that's I've got a couple, couple, couple of extra pillows, that's what it is. Doesn't comfy smell pillows. like farts. Well, no, that's what, Jamie's place. I opened a window. That's what I did. Oh, you cracked a windy. Thank you. <laughs> but yes, I've done some tallying, and this is uh, Lulu's sixteenth appearance on the show. So a happy sixteenth episode! Woo! Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how I've managed it though. <laughs> um, yes, that's how you've managed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Sparkling personality, brute force, and swearing. That's- <laughs> And asking people to send me pictures of pies. Oh, yeah. Pictures of pies. Send pictures of pies. Please Absolutely. do send me pictures of pies. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean it. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> All of you do it. Do it now. Now. I want the picture you of You had to pie. set it off, didn't you? 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yes. So today we're, we're going back to the movies. Now we haven't done one of these since uh, April. And in case you're listening in the future, April of 2021. This is now October 2021 for Spooktober. You're not going to do a sound effect switch? No. I'll have one in post. (laughs) You lazy kid. (laughs) There's me being all like, oh, I'm going to be super involved and energetic. And you're just like, I'll just have one in post. So do you lot. <laughs> yep, that's our squidge. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> well, why, why put the effort in now when you can put it in later? After you've had your pictures of pies. Pictures of pies. And if I don't get pictures of pies, I will accept pictures of my hot trash daddy, Geralt of Rivia. Mm. <laughs> yep, You're we're drooling. all, we're all about Sorry, I'm going to mop up a little bit. <laughs> do you need a lobster bib? Yeah, I do. It's easy to just, you know, fling it over the balcony then. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if I'm not on this podcast for another year or so, you know why? <laughs> they just, it's like, oh, who should we have on the next episode? Lulu, no. <laughs> She's on the naughty step. <laughs> Last time she flung the lobster bib over the balcony. It won't be so bad, but there's someone attached to it. <laughs> yeah, the person who was wearing it hadn't taken it off yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <"Psh>, ah! <laughs> <laughs> she ain't got no time for that. She just yeeted it over the balcony. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But yes, so we're here to talk about a movie. Now it's Spooptober season. For those of you who don't know, that means it's Spooptoberween, um, uh, or, or as normal... Spooptoberween! Or as normal people call it, Halloween. So, happy Spooptoberween. I like Spooptoberween! It's true, I've never heard it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, there you go. Right, um, yes, yeah, so we're talking about a scary, scary movie. Ooh! Um, absolutely. And when we get round to it, today's, today's episode is going to be about... The Silent Hill movie. Now, I say the Silent Hill movie because I've been assured by Lulu Offer that the second Silent Hill movie is not worth the uh, the celluloid no. it was printed on. So we're not going no. to talk about burn it, it. <laughs> until next year. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. What? <laughs> what's great about this? Excuse to do a sequel. Absolutely. But what's great about this is that uh, is is that I haven't really played the Silent Hill games. I played the first one for about 20 minutes. And I got I got up to the school and I was like, "Yep, that is a game." Right, switch it off and go to something else. I know that Squidge has played them quite a lot. Uh, Lulu, what what's your experience with the Silent Hill video games? Ah, <sighs> many a fond memory of my older brother punching me in the arm in 1997, or when no, it wasn't 97. It was more 2000 era, wasn't it? Why do I? Oh, 1997 was Metal Gear Solid. That's another game he punched me in the arm for. Yeah. It, um, it came out three years after Resident Evil, which was just before 2000, I believe. Yeah. Could that, be wrong. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I remember um, my brother, my older brother, rented it from Blockbuster Video back in the day when you could do that. And we had a weekend to play it. And I was fairly young and yeah i had a very black arm because he was too scared to look through any new doors when we'd uh solved a puzzle 
He's like, no, you're going to look. <laughs> I was scared. But no, um, in all seriousness, um, I've got a fair bit of experience with it. I've always sort of like been around it because I love horror. I mean, Jay's been to my home and knows that I have Halloween decorations up all year round. And yes, that does include Christmas. Because screw Christmas. <laughs> halloween mist. that's what it is. Yeah. Well, that's you know, the we, thing. We I don't mean, call my home Spookville for nothing. <laughs> absolutely. I mean... That, that's the beauty of like Nightmare Before Christmas. There's two times a year you can watch it. No, there's only one. No, you can watch it in Halloween as well if you want. Yeah, like the first ten minutes. Or you and... can watch it on a Wednesday. Whatever, it's a film. Yeah. You can watch a film. <laughs> I, don't... I mean, it's like an annual about? event, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've got a pretty pretty broad knowledge of Silent Hill. I, I enjoy enjoy the lore of it. And the spoopiness and pyramid okay. head. Well, you don't need any of that shit to watch Silent Hill because it it doesn't. It's it's well, we'll, we'll get into it later yeah. on, but it's mm-hmm. it's a weird one. So we, we, yeah, we'll get into the film in a minute. But like my immediate reaction when I was watching it was like, ah, I know this thing. This is a reference to the video game. The weird camera angles, the tracking shots, the like you said, pyramid head, and all those weird nurses and that. I get these; these are these are Silent Hill things, and I'm like, and it takes place in a place called Silent Hill, and I feel like that's about where the connection ends. <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. but yes. I will mention before we start though, okay. Sean Sean Bean survives this movie. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> So, do you know why he survives the movie? Do you know why he's even in the movie? I do. No, I actually don't. Please educate me. Okay, and also, so I'm not just saying that so that you can educate the audience. The The reason Sean Bean is in this movie is because one of the directors, or someone who was in, involved with the project, said it was a very female-heavy cast. Mm-hmm. So they had scenes where it was it was Rose's husband... Um, Chris, Christoph, Christopher. Anyway, they they added them in, so it wasn't as female heavy. But the problem is, his scenes add next to knack all to the actual story. Yeah, they are a little bit discombobulated. Uh, I don't know. I, I, well, okay, I I agree um, that his his scenes bring nothing to the film except for right at the end, which we'll get to when we actually talk about the film. I feel like the ending would have been weird without him being in it. Um. Because uh, the mainly because of the fan theories and the actual explanation of, of of what is meant to have happened, but we'll get to that when we get to the end of the film, right? The ending would have been weird, regardless. Oh yeah, the ending is pretty weird, but yeah, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Squidge. It was uh, it was the stu- it was actually the studio. It was the studio had said we can't sell a horror film that's just got women in it because they were stupid. Yeah, this was like the early 2000s as well when Mm -hmm. everyone was so scared of having like strong female leads and an all-female cast. Whereas nowadays, you know, it's more acceptable or more accepted that you can have a strong female lead, which annoys me because has anyone ever watched Alien? Uh, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that, That was doing it in the 80s. Sigourney 70s. Weaver. Yeah. 70s correction. Yeah, yeah. You know, s- s- not only Sigourney Weaver, but she was just over six foot tall. Mm-hmm. And that, that freaked everyone out. But she sort of stood her ground and went, I'm going to act. Shut the hell with a lot of you. Mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I completely disagree wholeheartedly with what the uh, studio had said. We need more male characters. I'm like, no. If, if the story requires that all the characters are X, and X can mean anything, then run the film. You don't need to shoehorn something else in just because you're worried about demographics. Let's just tell the story. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. I agree. Strong female-led cast, um, channeling Sigourney Weaver, 100% no pulse rifle. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, then, um, uh, Squidge, start the timer. So first thing I want to say while we're talking about this, before we actually get onto the movie content, although we've started the timer, is that this movie is full of trigger warnings, right? Mm. It is a horror movie. There's lots of uh, uh, body horror happens. There's lots of psychological stuff happens. And there are one or two subjects we're going to have to mention, even if we mention it in passing. It'll be very briefly. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip just, over it fast. Absolutely. Just like when we did uh, Parasite Eve, when there's a, a bit in that that was difficult to talk about, we just we don't want to draw attention to that part of it because um, it, they are pointless. Well, no, okay. One of the things is a pointless addition. The rest kind of define some of the characters, but because they are kind of hairy, difficult, and um, triggering topics, we're going to step directly over them in places. Um, so, uh, it's in passing only. Yeah, uh, uh, but even so, we would r- r- uh, remind people, listener discretion is advised. Please make sure that you're listening to this responsibly. If you've got this playing through a speaker, check around you for the uh, the audience who are listening um, and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So because of that... Essentially for the film. Um, I mean, we are talking about a horror film that has pretty high um uh, ratings i don't mean that it was critically acclaimed i mean that like it was uh, you know an 18 i guess or a 15 over here in the uk it's probably a an x-rated or an ma over in the states that kind of thing so we are going to be talking about that but because it's related to video games so as we do normally let's have a whip through the uh the the uh the plot and stop along the way to talk about things that we would like to stop along the way to talk about um, i know for a fact that squidge has got some uh some notes so he can stop us whenever he wants. Um, uh, Lulu, if obviously, if you want to talk about something, you know, just mm-hmm. yell out and we'll stop or whatever. I've got a few mm-hmm. things that I'd like to mention, but that's, uh, yeah. So the movie starts, right? My with first screaming. Problem, yeah, my first problem with the movie is it starts and I have no idea what's happening. Mm. It's a good start to a film. I it really isn't. Random screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me? And I don't blame the actress for this because she was a child. Jodell was a child, but it was so blooming cringy. You know, the whole Silent Hill. Like, it's so cringy and so forced. Like, I get it. She's having a night terror. And, you know, it's supposed to give an indication of where the film's going, you know, a destination. But it was really badly executed. No, no fault of Joe Dell's. She was, you know, for a child actress, she was really good, like chef's kiss, mm. you know. But it was awkward. Very. I awkward. think it should have been the minute she was tackled to the ground, she would just start snoring. <laughs> you have a night terror. You've got no idea that you're having one, so it should have just been tackled to the ground and then, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Next back, scene. Back to bed. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It, it, yeah, it was it was completely disorientating when the movies... I mean, I feel like... I'm going to say this, and I don't want it to sound horrible, but it is a very French movie, 
right? Christopher Gans, the director, (laughs) is French, right? And there's lots of, there's lots of like existentialism and lots of all these big words that people who study film theory will understand. And I really don't, Uh, but there's, Mm -hmm. there's lots of like, it is, like I said, it's a very French film, right? There's lots of, oh, yes, everything's made out of cheese. That's it. Yeah. Let's get some cheese. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the hell of the podcast. Let's go get some cheese. Welcome, welcome to the cheese eating podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. So, movie opens with our main characters Rosa and Christopher running around in the dark looking for their daughter, who has somehow they somehow know that she's not in the house. Everybody's I mean, been. It asleep. starts off yeah. right. She's running out. She's obviously she's just been in bed. Yeah. Figured out that the kid, the, the kid, the kid's missing. Sharon, Cheryl, yeah, yeah. Sharon is missing, and she goes hurtling out the house trying to find her. Now, what what kind of monster sleeps in their socks? Yes, she's wearing socks. Yes, there's the villain of the film right there. She's wearing socks. Kind of a villain goes to sleep with socks on. I was, Absolute I was... Neanderthal, that. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching these scenes going, she's running around in the forest with no shoes on. <laughs> That's the real horror right there. Like you step on a twig or like a, a, a spike of some kind. <laughs> Barefoot's fine when you've got socks on, so much worse. Yeah. Why is that? Because you're your tracking feet rub. the forest with you. You're tracking <laughs> the forest with you. Your feet rub, yeah. right? You get stuff. You get twigs and bits of whatever stuck in the sock, so when you go back onto like concrete and stuff, you still got stuff poking into your shoe. No, that would turn anyone into a villain. Not only that, what self-respecting adult doesn't have the whippers next to the bed? That's true. <laughs> That's true. You know, for a quick, yeah. you know, mi- you know, in the middle of the night, I need I need a bathroom break because I'm old and my bladder's the size of a walnut. You know, quick slip on, off your child. Yep. <laughs> Your child's bladder. Absolutely. <laughs> that could just be me. <laughs> no, I think I think We're focusing way too much on socks. Sorry. <laughs> but it's an important integral part of the film. I feel like if you were to go to IMDB, one of the tags would be socks. Because people on IMDB are like that. They're weird. They're like, tag, uh, this is a film about, and then it's like horror and mutilation and horribleness and then socks. Because I feel like they would. I actually found out there was a cut part of the script. Oh. Yeah. Right. You know where Sh- where Sharon, bunny quotes, has stood there and she's looking down, she's getting hallucinations of like Silent Hill and what have you, and you hear Sharon Hoodie and she's at the top. It was meant to be in the script that someone yelled do a flip, but they cut it. Because it's meant <laughs> no. to be really tense. No, no, no. That's that's what Ike would have done. Let's get that let's get that sorted. That's what Ike would have done. He'd yell out, Do a flip <laughs> Sharon, stay there. Do a flip. Yeah. Absolutely. So jump, no, you wimp. That's it. <laughs> if you're gonna jump, jump. No, I, I jump sorry. your pansy. Um, <laughs> I want a brew. <laughs> jump already. We need a tea break. What and what was with the I understand sort of the iconography of it, but what's with the oh we're gonna make sure she's alright, we've we've got her now she's safe, and then it pans up and you've got a giant illuminated cross. Mm. In the background, sort of saying either that was the devil or Silent Hills over here. Woo! It's quite oh, literally the second one. It's like uh, it's a check. It's it's. Um, I'm sure that there are much Chekhov's more, gun. Yeah, much more intelligent people than me will be screaming out Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's gun, and that's what it is. It's I'm going to show you something you need to know about later on, 
Um, and uh, it will seem innocuous at the time, but it will come back and be a major important part of the film later mm-hmm. on. And that's quite literally what it was. I'd, I'd just like to mention something right now, just real quick, something I had to look at after I watched the film, and I apologise for butchering this name, but Akira Yamaoka? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did the music for this film. Yep. Yeah, yeah he I, did. I, I had a feeling it was, because the minute it started, you had the Silent Hill music for like six seconds, and I thought, ooh, you tease. But then I was pleasantly surprised all the way through, including a couple of stuff he did exclusively for this, all Silent Hill music. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Christopher Gans has said that um, uh, he wanted, he flew members of the Konami team over several times during filming to make sure that he was capturing the right feel of the film. And like you say, Akira, uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, brain, That's it. My brain just went, good luck, sucker. Um, yeah, he... he he was involved in the in the music for the games and involved in the music for the for the movie so it's like it has that same feel to it and um from what i've read um the director christopher um uh, christopher gans had a playstation on set and kept saying to the cinematographer mm. this this is what i want it to look like make it look like this so there's there's a lot of staying true to the source material in the look of it um which is pretty cool i did like when when they were running around trying to find uh sharon there was actually a part where um, where Rose runs through. She runs under a bridge, and there's some graffiti on the wall that says Cheryl. And I'm like, is is that is that or oh, Sherry? Sorry. And I'm like, is that is that intentional? Probably not. Probably we don't know. But that was there's bound cool. to be a nod to the game in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. There's yeah, probably yeah. a few if you look really hard. Oh totally. Yeah yeah. Um, so yeah. I was, so, I was too busy scribbling down notes. I couldn't look too hard at stuff <laughs> in the background. I was trying to write down. Oh, that might be funny. Hear it. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true. It's yeah. also quiet. Yeah, we were saying off air that the, the the volume in this film is all over the all over the map. You've got characters yeah. when they're sitting and they're talking together, they're kind of whispering, and then it cuts to a Bwah! and it's like, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? I don't know what's going on. Is that part of the horror? The sort of jump scare of a sudden loud noise. I'm old. I oh, can't yeah, deal it's not with a, sudden loud noises. It's not a good horror. It's not a good horror movie if you don't get to the end of it and you've got tinnitus. Well, yeah. <laughs> there is that. There is that. Yeah, I mean, it, that's it modern horror for you. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, oh, no, go on, go on. Okay, um, we we find out that the that this little girl blesser is having um, nightmares and doesn't remember a thing, um, and mum decides, or rather, adopted mum decides that the the smartest thing to do to deal with this child's trauma is not to seek medical attention, not to seek any kind of psychological help, not to do any of that, but to go to the place that she keeps crying out about in her sleep and in her night terrors, because that will somehow help. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the difference, isn't it? The, the Sean Bean's character, Chris, Chris, Christopher, Christopher, Christoph, I'm going to call him Christoph, why not? Um, he wants to seek out seeing a doctor maybe getting help and she goes no let's just make a face of fears and what i've got down in my notes is let's all go to silent hill so you can remember what you don't know also plot absolutely yeah yeah very much so Mm -hmm. very much so i reckon they went there because she was looking for the script maybe maybe she got pictures instead but she was looking for the script and she said go to silent hill and just looking for the script (laughs) savage but true so (laughs) no that was savage (laughs) so so rosa and sharon get bundled into the car and drive off in the middle of the day and they they eventually 
I mean, you don't actually see them drive off initially. They're actually just sat somewhere having a cuddle, talking about some pictures that um, that Sharon's been drawing, and then you find out that they're part way through that road trip. Oh, just, can, can I just can I just just something about yeah. that scene as well at the tree? The meow meow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is horrible. Don't give me that. It's real. It's just it just nonsense. feels like forced chemistry. Yeah. It's yeah. like. Either either write the scene well, or don't. Yeah. And you went with don't, and yep. you and you had the characters making cat noises at each other to show that they were bonded. Absolutely. No. I've I've I can rewrite that scene right now. Mm-hmm. The mother's going, oh, this picture's great, and the daughter's sat there cleaning a Glock, <laughs> just checking the barrel. Checking she's got a bitch and cleaning it. That would have been so much better. And then she just turns to her mum and goes, you'll need this later on. And then just clicks everything back together and passes her it. But yeah, well, there are many, many ways you can show familiarity between, you know, on-screen mother and daughter. Meowing at each other is not one of them. It could have been anything. She could have been drawing the picture with her. You know, like, oh, let me colour in this bit here. And then, you know casually bringing up where you know like we're going to silent hill you know because you've you've not been well and you know just keeping it casual but at the same time like that closeness that familiarity not cat noises i'm sorry but that also was like one of those bits where like i grip my teeth so hard i'm, I'm pretty sure i heard my brain break <laughs> <laughs> clenched so hard you made your face turn into a fist oh yeah just like <laughs> I did see that, the right? dentist. <laughs> yeah, it's sarcasm had done the trick. You could have had both of them being sarcastic to each other. That'd have worked. Yeah, anything, anything was better than that. <laughs> oh, Sharon, that's a lovely picture. That's a lovely picture. <laughs> oh, Sharon, that's a lovely picture. What the hell is that supposed to be? You ever heard of? Um, you ever heard of drawing distance, dipshit? Yeah, it's called. Why's it's called perspective. <laughs> You stupid child. Have you been nipping at my LSD again? <laughs> I, I must point out. Don't do LSD, kids. Yeah, yeah. I must point out. <laughs> don't draw green suns either. Don't don't draw don't do LSD. And obviously, we're doing sarcasm voices there. So, you know, in case you're thinking that we're somehow saying that Sharon had the deaf voice or something, we're not doing that. It's sarcasm voice. <laughs> also, you know, to avoid sarcasm voice, don't colour in the sun green. Absolutely. Because that will happen. Yeah. That's one of the triggers everyone's got. It's, you it's, just don't realise you've required. got it. It's required. That's it. That's it. Mm. <laughs> So we find out that, that Rose and Sharon are on a road trip to Silent Hill and uh, Christopher, Dad, doesn't like that. So he cuts off all the credit cards. It's like, ah, ha, 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 now you'll have to come home because you're out of gas. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Ha, what? Ha? So you've stopped me from being able to buy gas to drive either direction and that's somehow going to make me come home. I don't understand that. I've, I've got... Um... Hey, sweetie, are you awake? And then in the back, another cut line, it should be, how could I not be? Who's playing the weird music? <laughs> you know? the am- where's the ambience coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you left the radio on? Yeah. <laughs> the, an- another thing that I've got is, uh, looks like Boromir Sharp over here has found out that Rose is going to Centralia, Pennsylvania. I mean Silent Hill. <laughs> 
because Silent Hill is based. But, but yeah, no. Silent Hill is based on Centralia. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. Based on Centralia, um, I got so hooked into watching a documentary on that. Oh yeah, I've I've got a link for the show notes if anyone wants to watch it. Yeah, but it's it's such a weird story, but a good one. It is really fascinating. I I agree with Squidge. Go watch it. Go is this watch. the place that's is on fire underground? It it started as a coal fire that because it's it's not coal. It's like super it's not super cold it's super dense coal that bends for forever right? right for ages and a fire started underground and for the sake of saving a thousand dollars that they didn't didn't give to stop the fire it spread to all of it underneath the the, the town to which point the fires are still going now it produces noxious gases and everyone apart from two families left mm. they they demolished all the buildings that people weren't living in. There's no postcode for the town. It's not on any map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, look it's... at it this way, though. Your feet are always going to be warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like right. Don't need fire alarms, do you? you know, it's like having heated flooring, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Except for you, you can go out and walk you, on the you pavement. Can, you can rip the fire alarm off because there's always noxious gases, so you don't have to but, bother with that anymore. You, and you never have you, to You're apologize. on fire anyway, aren't you? No, no, no. And you never have to apologise for a fart. <laughs> so the, yeah, I have to go over. I'm moving next. I've got to say these are all Yorkshire, perfect Yorkshire, Lancashire responses too. There's a fire under your feet. Uh, hey, it's warm though, isn't it? Oh, don't have that. <laughs> Me central eating bill's gone down low. <laughs> just about to say that. It's true though. It's like always oh, toasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's toasted, but the dog's frothing at the mouth. He always does that. <laughs> He's owed. I've got to take him out back. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> Bit of old yeller. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back to the plot. <laughs> Sorry. So, <sighs> whilst, <laughs> whilst we're at um, we're at the gas station, we get introduced to someone that I referred to whilst I was watching it as Officer Hips, right? I'm sorry to draw attention to one particular feature of a person, but dem hips. I've got a theory. Oh, yeah. She's the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Absol- I mean, she's dressed exactly the same. That's it. And we all know. Tell you what, that though. Yeah. Really good casting choice. It's just a shame she ended up being one of my most hated characters in The Walking Dead. I mean, she starts off. I didn't quite, you know understand the character didn't really warm up to her but she completely changed my opinion by the end of the film but we'll mm. get to that eventually but it, it was just um you know are you okay i'm not supposed to talk to strangers the windows goes up and she goes good girl and i thought that was a nice you know touch what? i yeah. absolutely loved that line uh, that, that was, was a really brilliant. nice touch that i've got um, i've got to say those two in that what 30 second interaction a minute mm-hmm. tops had more chemistry than the woman who's supposed to be playing her mother. Yep. Savage. Uh, yeah. But am I wrong? No, you're true. You're it's absolutely true, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So then so so mum somehow manages to pay for the for the for the gas, even though she has no money and no credit cards. But don't worry about it because that's plot, right? Plot the plot gods have stepped in and said, Don't worry about it, you need to get to the next scene. So Hey with a pint of blood. That's it. So she gets in the car and drives off, right? Anyone else notice, just really quickly, does anyone right. else notice that in that little cafe, in a petrol station, 
gas station. They did tattoos. I mean, why not? There was a neon sign for tattoos. Anyone else noticed that? You're right. I survived Silent Hill, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. As a tattoo. As a tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Um yeah, Stay what? off the moors. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call it? Boromir what? Um, Boromir Sharp. So Boromir Sharp was here. That's what he'd have, wouldn't he? <laughs> you bastard. Boromir Sharp. You tart. <laughs> <laughs> you tart, yeah. Oh, dear. So anyway, mum drives off with, with Rose in, in tow because she's she was, she was asleep in the back of the car. Then she's not. She's in the front seat. Um, police officer decides, hey, do we... Oh, no, sorry. Let me dial back a little bit. There's this discussion just before she goes into the, the, the petrol station to pay, or rather the cafe, to pay for the, the petrol sta- for the for the gas. Uh, why have you drawn on your pictures? I didn't do it, mummy. I didn't do it. Don't worry. Mummy's here. I'm like, that's that's not, that's not going to comfort anyone, which is yeah. what attracts the attention of the police officer, right? So police officer, when they drive off, tracks them down, follows them a little bit, starts the whole siren going and pulls them over. Before police officer can get there, mum makes the worst decision ever and decides to drive off at speed. Like, what, 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 what is she thinking? Everyone knows, right? All good coppers know that if you run from a copper, you're guilty of something. Oh, yeah. What, what, what is so, she doing? So I've got... I'm going to read this as a whole thing, right? right. Running from the police, a fence break, fiddling with the radio, and then bash. Head bop. That's it. Game over. If you play the original game, the worst ending is that's where it ends. Mm. But I've put, remember, always pay attention to the roads and don't stop the police unless they look like a T-1000, that is. Absolutely. Or if they have dim hips. Dim dim hips, though. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. Dim hips. Dim hips. Hip, hip, hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Jawline. Very strike strong a match off features. It. Yeah, yeah, seriously, she's got very strong features. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Terminator. Mm-hmm. Perfect casting for the role, I think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I like it when she wakes up, yeah, yeah. right? And she put suddenly wakes up. It's raining ash, and then Sharon. No, I'm the passenger seat. Thanks for noticing. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always thought. See, this is the thing. Like, I, I that I found odd with that bit is that women, when they have children, whether it's naturally or through adoption, there's like something that triggers in their brain that makes them a light sleepers. So even if she was knocked out cold, something in her, something deep down within her, would have told her, "My child is trying to leave the car." Mm-hmm. Why did she sleep through that? It's just it it baffles. I mean, obviously, I know it's plot, but at the same time, it just felt a bit. Mm. I, I guess. I guess it's maybe it's because it's supposed to be like that. That whole car spinning one way, then spinning another, then coming to a complete stop because they spotted someone in the road, and then regain consciousness and kids gone. I think is almost a direct reference to the intro to Silent Hill. Oh, video game, right? it totally is. So it totally is. But also at the same time, why why is a child under the age of what say twelve? She's mm. she's definitely under the age of twelve. Mm-hmm. Deciding that it's a good idea 
to get out of the car. It's not on fire. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, that's the only other reason I would see why a child would get out of the car without their parent telling them to. And yeah, it's like, obviously, yeah, I remember it from the original, and Cheryl in the game is a lot younger. She's under the age of five. Mm -hmm. And again, like, I get it. It's It's the plot is to drive it forward, but even in the original game, it never sat right with me why a child that young would get out of the car without their parent or guardian. Mm-hmm. Mm. I also want to know, why is it raining printer toner? <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess... I got I guess, nothing. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess because they needed a reason to replicate the draw distance of the original game, right? So um, technical specifications for the original game on the PlayStation, the reason that the fog exists is because um, the 3D models were that detailed for the PlayStation era that they could only draw so much on screen. And so the fog was there to hide the fact that nothing past the fog was actually being drawn yet. And so they kind of needed to copy that, right? But I think that they ended up using it as a stylistic choice as well for something that we'll talk about towards the end, I guess, Um, because uh, there are people who posit online that um, just as the crash happens, they're dead, right? That that that's that's everything mm. else that happens is like a a fever dream as they are as they are dying slowly. Mm. Which Spo- uh, spoiler warning. That's the the worst ending for the first Resident Evil, uh, first Resident Evil, first Silent Hill game. That's oh, the right. worst ending. You find yeah. out Harry's still in the car, and he died, and it's all in his head. That's the worst yeah. ending you can get. Right. Last firings of his synapses sort of thing. Right, I see. Okay. I'm sorry to derail you, but no, that's, no, that's, that's one of the worst endings. It's the quickest ending, but it's, a worst one. I don't yeah. think it's derailing. I think it's it's kind of a, a point to race, right? Um, and so, so Sharon, uh, not Sharon. What am I talking about? Rose. Rose. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Rose regains consciousness and sort of just sort of stands there a little bit and goes, Sharon, Sharon. Then all of a sudden the T-1000 appears and arrests her. I was like, we're going on a long hike. Yeah, that's what happens, isn't it? No, you're jumping ahead there. But what happens then? She goes into the town first and then the police officer catches up to her. No, she she doesn't because she arrests her at the side of her car. She gets up and has a little bit of a walkabout. And that's where we find out that it's ash rather than like fog. And then and then I'm pretty sure, I mean, I've only seen the movie once, that the police officer appears and arrests her by the side of her car. Yeah, or, no, because she pushes her against her car. Yeah, she does. And says that she came off her bike um, a little ways back. No, it, it it can't be that because she she goes into the town, yeah. then um, bumps into Dahlia, and then the police officer arrest her because when she's in the town looking round, her hands are tied and she's still got a jacket on. Uh, well, I mean, either way, right? Either way. Mm. At some point she gets arrested um, and the police officer doesn't actually read her a full Miranda rights. She just says, you have the right to remain silent. Click, click. What do you think you're doing? What's going on? Well, guess what? We're walking back to, to town at some point, it's, right? Yeah, the, well, the, the try and go back to the other town, but you're skipping ahead there. Yeah, 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 and then, um, but that's fine. Well, it's fine. We can skip ahead a little bit because these are the plot points that I remember. Right? <laughs> that's how good this well, one I've, is. I remember. I've, I've got, 
I've got stuff in between before that. So. Okay, well, uh, let's talk about that then. What, what she, she, she ends up wandering into town. Yeah. Like, they're wandering around, there's nothing around, you know, and then you see, like, uh, shops and stuff. So you see, like, I can't remember if it's Ron's Drugs, you know, like a pharmacy or... Yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the storefronts were, like, references to the original game as well. I like one of the storefronts in particular. It said M.T. Rooms Furniture. And I'm into that. That just made me giggle. <laughs> furniture, I like it. <laughs> yeah, because she ends up running after the first thing she sees, who she instantly thinks it's Sharon. So I've put, I've, what I've put is Sharon. Sharon. Right, Sharon. so you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. So I put, right, so you're telling me that I'm her mother. Um, as as her mother, you conveniently forgot what your daughter was, wear- daughter was wearing and chased after the first thing you saw that moved. It turns out it's not Sharon, it's Hamdra Mori, her evil twin. <laughs> I love the little eyebrow lift on that. <laughs> yeah, and th- and that's where she ends up going, starts going down the stairs. Yes, yes, sorry, yes. And the the, the recreation of the first interaction you have in the game. That's right, and yes, sorry. That's where she gets her, yes, yeah. because um, the siren goes off and then everything goes dark. And then she's chasing her around with the, the lighter, right? Or am I jumping ahead again? No, no, no. That's that's the next part. And I've got a top tip. So Squidgy's top tip. Oh, Squidgy's top tip. For those not in the... (laughs) New text tone. Um, So for those not in the know about Silent Hill games, a big-ass foghorn usually means you're in danger. And you're in in for a trip into the other world. That's what it's called, by the way, Jay. When things go wahoony shaped yeah. and it all goes like wireframe mode and horrible stuff on the walls it's actually called the other world oh right okay okay yeah and uh not to distract from the awesome scene where she's wandering around and she's got the lighter and looking around right not to distract from that but just once in a film i would love to see someone try and use a lighter to see where they were going in going only to burn their eyebrows off this is just it once right this is the th- dangerously close to a face yep Everyone knows. 100% no singe. You don't run. Is she using a Zippo? Yes. Yeah. One thing I'd like to point out about Zippo as someone who used to smoke is Zippos get very hot very quickly. You Mm -hmm. cannot hold them alight for very long before it starts to burn your fingers, especially metal ones. And it was like, you know, your classic metal Zippo. And I, I always hate that in movies because ever since I learnt the hard way that that happens, <laughs> it was a power cut and I was scared. <laughs> um, it kind also of also have no fingertips left. Yeah, God, it, I have no fingerprints. Why? Well, the lights went out and I had a zipper. Say no more. But yeah, it always sort of like suspends my disbelief. Also, why has she got a zippo? Conveniently, you never once see her have a cigarette. You know, what? like you know, like in some in some movies, they'll have like a parent that like go, goes out for a sneaky cigarette because you know they quit years ago. But every now and again, when they're really hyper stressed, they'll 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 fall back into bad habits. You never see that once with her. And let's be honest, with a daughter that's clearly having mental distress, you'd be pretty stressed out about it and upset. Mm. Your child is suffering, and you can't fix it. Yeah. Mm. So there's nothing like that. So why has she got a Zippo? Mm. 
Because plot, yeah. I guess. I because think, plot, yeah. Yeah, your excuse would have worked better as an aforesaid Chekhov's gun, right? Because you could have had a scene where right, before, like before bed, right, right at the film, mm-hmm. they're 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 in bed, or rather, they've just gotten out of bed. So maybe she get maybe that's how she that you see. This is how you would write it, right? She discovers that Rose isn't in isn't in bed because she goes outside for a smoke. She uses the Zippo. She says something to herself like. God, thanks, Dad, for this Zippo. I know you're up there looking down on us. Makes her more human. She's got this thing that connects her to her father. And then on her way back into the house, after having her cigarette, she stops by Rose's room to check that she's okay. She's not in the house. Boom. Uh, Christopher, Rose isn't in her bed. Help me find her. Da-da! That's how we get to the start of the film, rather than just them running out of the house going, Rose! Rose! Not Rose. Yeah, Sharon! It's, it's, Sharon! It, it's little details like that that, you, you know, even your cat... Like your very casual viewer will pick up on because they'll be like, "Why she got that? Where did it come from?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, just having those little like you know two minute scenes, not even that, just to sort of like show a character and like you say, make her more human because there was a lot of not trying to jump ahead a bit, but there was a lot of scenes later on where I just couldn't connect with Rose as a character because they hadn't quite humanized her. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was very much like kind of, she was kind of like the Terminator in the first Terminator movie where it was all about Sarah Connor. Yes. Very one track, very, you know, very one one note. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. I want to find my daughter kind of thing and it's like mm. oh, yeah. Mm. Definitely. Well, we get we get Rose slash Sarah Connor. I'm going to call her Sarah Connor now. <laughs> she's she's going down. You get in all the classic cutscenes when she goes around the corner. Yeah, yeah. She's looking at things. You, brilliant. You, you see the um in a in what seems to be some sort of massive it's concrete very, area. It's very fenced in. You see like a a gurney with blood all over it. I thought it was just mud, but it was blood all over it. She turns around. There's a guy who's strung up by barbed wire and he seems to be still alive she starts freaking out she turns around but he's also partially dismembered you know that's that's a point she turns around there's these these little creatures right and in classic american horror style you know she turns around and these creatures instantly you know they, they look up at her they look a bit freaky and then they do a gargled distorted scream mm-hmm about 90% of every single American horror film I've seen, there's always a gaggle, distorted scream. And mm. I would, I'd, I listened to it and I thought, oh, God. Wouldn't it be scary if a childlike creature screams at you? That's that's scary, right? That's what we'll do. Mm. We'll just do that. That's that's the scary bit. There we go. Sorted. Also, before she was actually, before that happened, she was walking out, she would say, Sharon, Sharon, out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sod off, Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> Who hired him? Yeah, yeah. Who hired him as an extra? It doesn't fit. Also, fix the damn wall before you go. So you know? I, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm clutching at straws, but I feel like the explanation as to why those childlike creatures are screaming, as you find out later, is because they're meant to be. Maybe they're meant to be like feeling the pain still of being on fire, because like mm-hmm. when they go, you see them quite literally disintegrate as if they're on they're on fire, and we find out later yeah. on that the whole town was set on fire at some point. So maybe that's the whole point. Uh, I, th- I think they were meant to be the people who fell through the floor 
because they in the film they actually mentioned a detective mm-hmm. later on mentions a coal, a fire started mm-hmm. and it set fire to all the coal underneath, making it un, un, unbearable to or, live there. He couldn't perhaps, live there. Perhaps um, because we find out later that um, the a bunch of uh, I, I want to say Annabelle. That's not right. That's a different film. What's what's her name? Mm-hmm. The the previous um, Alessa. Alessa, thank you, thank you. Uh, you find out that Alessa was bullied by all of the kids in her class. Maybe they are meant to be the kids in her class, and through because she was at, she, you know, she ended up being set on fire. Maybe part of her her rage was to set the other kids on fire so that they felt yeah, what she you, felt. You've hit the nail on the head on there. Mm. That's what it is. There's a lot of there's there, there's a lot of deep rooted symbolism in Silent Hill games, and uh, I think as a as a game series and I'd, I'd honestly love to you know do a chat like this with you guys about the silent hill series because oh, oh so much symbolism i love it <laughs> but yeah there is a lot of symbolism in these games and i'm glad that they they carried that over into the movie that it isn't just like throw away monsters to be scary and spooky it's like no these these are deeply connected to this town and this world that mm. they built within the movie but also staying true to the original source material so it's mm. like yay <laughs> <laughs> see these little things these filings or whatever they're called they start chasing her she she drops the lighter she has um a coat dragged off her and she's hit, she's trying to get away from them the music's playing the music's the best part of this film mm. the music's playing to get real atmospheric she's she's surrounded she tries bursting through a door right and this is what i've got for this next part also lots of these things show up she runs loses her coat and lighter gets through the door and what's her defense after falling down? Is it going all medieval on them with a chair that she grabs? Nope. Is it using video game logic, yelling action, and suddenly she has a hand, a gun in her hand, and she jumps to cover to hide behind so she can shoot them? Not a chance. She yells and they disperse. Why, you ask? Everyone knows that protagonists in movies can dispel very bad CGI by yelling at it. So she did a fusradar. Kind of, but then I've got... <laughs> a f- but then the next bit I've got is, okay, so it turns out the only thing that can kill these creatures in Silent Hill is Johnny Cash music. <laughs> okay, okay, so back up like five seconds when it fades to black before Ring of Fire starts playing. What was it, like, because she collapses onto the floor, why did it fade to black with her randomly twitching? I think it's meant to be she she was knocked unconscious for a few seconds. Yeah, but wait, have you have you ever seen anyone be not wait like fall unconscious? They don't twitch. They just mm-hmm. they're like dead weight. Perhaps, perhaps she's because like I took it as um, she's screaming uh, like "get off me" or "leave me alone" or whatever, and she yeah. it's like a co- I took it as a combination of the fear and the exhaustion makes her fall asleep. So maybe, oh, makes her lose consciousness, right? So maybe mm-hmm. it's just the final twitches of, like, you know, when, you, when you're falling asleep and you, fe- you, you think you feel something brush against your leg, you're like, Rah. I think maybe it's more that than anything else. You like, know that was cold. Yeah, that's her. fair. I just, I always thought it was a bit, I just, for me personally, I just found the random twitching a bit jarring. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I, I'm like, I'm, I, I fixate on stuff like yeah, that and i'm like sure. who decided that that was a good idea 
I mean, the whole film is just filled with random twitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Twitching the film. No, um, <laughs> I, I mean, twitching. Yeah, twitching. <laughs> They're twitching. Um, I mean, af- after she wakes up and she realizes, you know, there's there's no foghorn, but everything turns back to normal. She's mm-hmm. she wakes up in a cafe, reference to the game. After Harry thinks he's he's died, and then he wakes up and Sybil's there. Um, but she wakes up, she starts wandering around. She bumps into what I've put is crazy woman is crazy, which mm-hmm. turns out to be uh, Dahlia Gillespie. This, Dahlia Gillespie. I was trying to get the pronunciation right. She I feel um, like they were going for a misdirect there. Like they were going, oh, oh, she's the crazy one. She's the crazy one. Actually, kind she's of, yeah. not. And it was just not very well put out, I think. I don't think it was really well put across. Sorry, it's, which I interrupted. It's it's um, Dahlia or Dahlia in the main game. She's the antagonist mm-hmm. in the main game. She's the head of the cult. That's why the movie's so so drastically different. Yeah. Um, she's like all in white. She's very distressed. She's making no sense. As soon as she sees the locket with who she believes is Alessa, she tries grabbing at it. Rose runs. You know? Um... Because crazy woman be crazy, but this is after she finds the road's gone. There's nothing there. Yeah. She can't get out. There's there's a big cliff, you know. Again, an extra yells jump, do a flip, doesn't work. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of like you see, it's supposed to see in a face. She doesn't really portray it too well. It's sort of a, oh crap, I'm stuck here. You know, might as well advance the plot. Give me the strategy guide. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then. I've, I've, I've got to read this part out because I, I just thought I'm going to be really sarcastic about this. So we go back to Kristoff or Boromir, as I call him. So Boromir shunned his armor and is now looking for Rose as he starts asking a mechanic, Sir, have you seen this woman? I'm searching for her and rumor has it she's been seen around these parts heading towards a town called Silent Hill. Not talkative? Maybe some gold coins will loosen your lips. Damn it, well, tell me where she's headed. I just... <laughs> you make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think so the yeah I, I I was I get that I get that there needs to be some Christopher is is a confusing character right knowing that they wrote this film without him in it makes me think that that it it would have been a stranger viewing experience without him in it because he kind of it, it's for the people who've never played the game, right? They mm-hmm. don't know that there that there are almost these two dimensions, these two worlds that you flip yeah. between, right? And so, without him in it, if you're watching it as a casual viewer, you ain't gonna realize that there are two worlds that you mm-hmm. flip between. And it's the scenes later on where he's walking around without his mask on, yelling at Rose, Rose, in that totally not a fake Rose. American accent, you know, when he's yelling that out, and he goes, <gasps> "I could smell her scent." And then, yeah, like, he mentioned smelling her perfume. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. and I was like, "Dude, is it just me, or did at a certain point did his did his uh, American accent break and he went right back into Yorkshire? Okay. Was it just me that heard that? Definitely, I think drink- I think I miss I think Mister Seen Bean realised that he was not the uh, the focal point of this movie and just decided to <laughs> phone it in. Absolutely. Um, like when I mean I'm jumping forward a little bit, but when you first see him pull up to the gates into Silent Hill and he gets out the car, his his coat's already wet. Like mm. they couldn't even be bothered to dry his coat between takes of the of the film, right? Mm. As it he wasn't gets even out that. It's car. just his car was just wet. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, as well. Someone hosed him down, then he turned up on set, you know. That's it. He he swam to work that day. That's what happened. He swam to work. Yeah, (laughs) obviously. Yeah. Gotta get his cardio in. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. So so after that, you see Rose go back to the car. Mm -hmm. She rings Boromir, Kristoff, and says, I've lost her. I'm going to find her, though. I think I know where she is. She's at the school. Because she gets a clue that she's at the school. At which point, out of nowhere... The T-1000 shows up, gun already pointed at her face, mm-hmm. saying, keep your hands on the wheel, then opens the door, which was shut but then opened again. Mm-hmm. Then she arrests her without reading her Miranda rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I got for that was, um, you know, she's saying, I've got to find my daughter, I've got to find my daughter. And then it's, I'll find the girl, but by walking away from town. I told you she was a Terminator. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not very convincing as a police officer, I thought. Well, like, because, yeah, again, it's the whole plot thing, isn't it? You know, like, mm. she wants to go one way, the main character wants to go another. But, again, just with that little bit more engagement and, you know, suspension of disbelief for the audience, at least, you know, try and radio someone. Mm-hmm. You I'm, know? I mean, she did, technically. Yeah, but that was. Yeah, Wasn't yeah, that at I... her bike? No, a bike was trash. She had the radio on her shoulder, didn't she? Oh, yeah. So I guess maybe again, it's it's not it, it's it's not told explicitly to the audience. I guess you're supposed to guess that she would want to go back to um back to her home base, Brahms. Yeah, back to Brahms to report. Hey, I've got this woman. Um, her daughter's missing. I need some officers. Let's go check out Silent Hill because you find out shortly after that that um. She had previously rescued another child from Silent Hill that was mm. in a really terrible way. So it's like, I get it, but you're not being obvious about it again, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of bits in the movie that if, on a first viewing, it's very easy to miss it. Mm-hmm. Multiple, multiple viewings, it might it might click, a, like because obviously you've got the gift of foresight, you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So like, it would have made more sense. But yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from with on a first viewing, it'd be like, huh? I think the 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 crash sequence, much like the the going down the the stairs, where it was pretty much scene for scene until she started running. There was tons of them. I think the crash sequence should have been the same as the game, because in the game, Harry Mason is driving down the road, the police officer overtakes him, then he's driving a bit further down the road, you see the bike on the side, so the mm-hmm. police officer's crashed, he's distracted by that, he looks up, he sees something in the road, then he breaks and starts spinning. Yeah, yeah. That would have made more sense, because you don't realise the police officer has crashed until you spot a tiny little blood, tiny little bit of blood on her face, and then as they're walking off, you see the bike, and she blatantly explains, yeah, I must have hit my head pretty hard. Oh, is that why you're acting so like out of it? Mm. Yeah, I I think that was that must have been just sort of shoehorned in. Like, um, why can't why like why can't they just ride the bike back into town? Oh, she crashed her bike. So how do we explain that? Well, yeah. while she's being arrested, she gets distracted and says Rose gets distracted and says, "Hey, I can see some blood on your head." And then the police officer goes, "Oh, it must have been when I crashed my bike." It's like let's quickly tie up that that plot hole real quick because yeah. obviously. They can't have the police officer drive up there first because they've written themselves into this corner where the police officer is chasing Rose, right? And I think yeah. it's it's not a brilliant way to solve that problem, but I think from a storytelling point of view, it kind of 
ish solves that problem. Yeah. And, and like I said, that my problem is so far through this film is it it feels like it's blatantly targeted at Silent Hill fans, mm-hmm. but because it makes a number of decisions that are um, outside of the Silent Hill, like it's it's blatantly targeted at them. But just by going, hey, do you remember this bit in the game? Hey, do you remember this bit in the game? Hey, do you rather Family than, Guy but, um, Gambit. Yeah, right. Rather mm-hmm. than being because I mean. I had this discussion with someone offline a few days ago, and that is, if you boil a video game down, like a, a an early nine, a late nineties Silent uh, Silent Hill, Resident Evil survival horror game, there's very little plot. Most of it is just walking around, solving puzzles, and shooting stuff. And You'll so, have like thirty minutes worth of story. Won't yeah, right. If that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the first Resident Evil game has, like you say, about thirty minutes of plot in it. The rest of the time that you're playing it, it's running around, solving puzzles, shooting. Whoa, stuff. whoa! You're missing out a really big, important part of the first Resident Evil game. I'd like to point out. Bloody yeah. Jill Sandwich. Well, just yeah, about okay. to say that. Okay, yeah, so how dare thir- you? That's a as, that's a really <laughs> important part. It has thirty minutes of plot Jeez. and the Jill Sandwich. Be told. but yeah most video games don't have that much plot and i feel like silent hill is one of the first true um uh survival horror games that had a fair decent amount of plot um and it it feels like they're kind of doing silent hill the greatest hits in this film so far Mm. yeah you you find out later on they're doing a lot more of the greatest hits and not just from the first game either Mm -hmm. yeah um the next part we get to is Rose gets arrested. The T-1000 isn't listening to a word she's saying. They're walking back to Brahms. They figure out that the road's gone. Yep. Can't do anything. They turn round. And here's our introduction to the squelchy thing with a weird thing in its chest. Yeah, yeah. The acid spitter. Mm. This spits acid at Sybil. You know, because a plot, it hits a helmet only. Oh, a bit of a she... jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a jacket, and it, but it didn't never hit a face. Well, I, th- oh, I think that was that. an excuse to be able to show her face on film to make her a realistic character mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to obviously show off uh, that, you know, she's got something underneath her jacket. I think that's a, a very 2000s trope of, look at my boobs! You know, that was... That yeah. Was <laughs> because she is, quite, you know, like, obviously she was a lot younger there, the actress. She mm-hmm. was quite, you know, quite a buff woman. Mm-hmm. Mm. quite a buff woman and obviously wearing the jacket yeah i understand that you know for for the gentleman in the audience she might have looked a bit straight up and down it's mm. like uh, do, uh. but also i guess um the stuff that she's about to do in the film would have been more difficult with that big heavy jacket on as well so yeah for sure let's come up with a plot reason for it to take off the helmet and the jacket and then a you can see that she's a real person and b she's about to do some stuff that's difficult mm-hmm. to do in a heavy jacket so i i kind of mm-hmm. get that yeah then with the the acid being spit spatter she she takes off the helmet the glasses come off so does the jacket and she just unloads into this thing completely yeah. just unloads and give it and, and i uh, what did i put for that um, not looking for the girl, ignoring the captive who she captured, and then letting her run away after shooting the squelchy thing. Yeah, she's a real good cop, eh? <laughs> mm. You I know, did. after looking up at the cliff and seeing all the other squelchy things, and I just thought, get back into the town. This is plot. It's that way. Big neon sign. Mm-hmm. Go after her. So, you know? Yeah. Jumping ahead like a minute or so in the film, I do like the way that, um, that Rose found her way to the school that was i feel like that was really cleverly written 
Like she doesn't know the area. First thing she needs to do is find a bus stop and follow the route of the yeah. buses. That is really clever. Never say bus stops are ever useful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I like that. It was uh, very intuitive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very intuitive because it also it gives the audience a bit of like scope and scale of the city. Yeah, itself yeah. it's not yeah. a city it's a town isn't it sorry my bad but yeah it gives them like an idea of like how far she's got to travel between scenes so yeah. it's like you know so seeing her turn up at the school you know bit sweaty bit out of breath it's like well it makes sense i've just seen it on a map how how many streets she's had to run down mm-hmm. mm. yeah, and then you you get to the school and there's foreshadowing because you walk through the door, it slams, and then you see the religious symbol of the mm-hmm. cult, whatever it is, behind it. And it's emblazoned, it's in purple because, of course, it's in fucking purple. It's in purple. <laughs> and then and then she's looking around the school, she's doing stuff, and then she finds a torch that she hits before she even turns it on because that's how torches work. Yeah. Yeah. Know, and she finds out it's working. So and and, and I just put... Just real quick, hmm? so I guess it's important to say that... Um, to be able to explain how she's able to get into stuff, even though she's still handcuffed. She's done that thing where you drop down to your, to, to like a squatting position oh, yeah. and has sort yeah. of ran her arms around, which I believe requires you to dislocate one of your shoulders to do. I was going to say, is that if actually you, if, possible without if you, you go over your head, mm-hmm. if you go over your head, you need a dislocated shoulder uh, to go underneath your butt and out from your feet. Right. You just need to either lay down or crouch down. Oh, it okay. is possible. But I imagine you'd need to have like, no ass, because if you've got a bit, no, no, no. I'm being serious. If you've no, got course, a bit yeah. of junk in your trunk, then yeah. you're a bit screwed, aren't you? Well, I, I hope I never get handcuffed. That's all I'm saying. I that. know. Well, you <laughs> know. Yeah. So yeah, so she, so she's running around. My the... arse cheeks gives me away every time. So like me trying to like get handcuffs over me over it is not, no, no, it's not happening. You, you could you I'll, couldn't I'll be stealthy. Modeling. You couldn't be stealthy in a zombie survival apocalypse, oh, could you? Oh, Christ, no. I've been no. commenting on everything. <laughs> like, did you see that one? Half its face were hanging off. Oh, he's got an arm off. <laughs> <laughs> That's our Jonathan. <laughs> he owes me money. Um, so so she, she's got hands in front of her, so it's still like a, a hammer weapon. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. needs it. She's searching. She finds a torch. She bashes it first because that's the law. Then she turns it on. She finds it. And I just put, if that was me, I'd be searching for the loudspeaker system just on the off chance it was connected to a record player and there was Johnny Cash playing. Well, also, the, it never could, hurts to have backup, does it? Or perhaps you could press X to Sharon down the loudspeaker, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, should, I still feel I should uh, explain the press X to Sharon thing. If you've ever played Heavy Rain, there was yeah. there's a bit. Of What's the, the name of the kid? Jason. 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 And at the end, it's Sean because he sounds really weird. It's like Sean. <laughs> it's really <laughs> awkward. But if you ever play it, when when he goes missing, uh, just really quick tangent. When he goes missing in the um, in the shopping center, shopping mall, whatever it is, keep spamming the button because it's really funny. Because mm. everyone's everyone's not paying much attention, and he's obviously walking around circles. He's going, Jason, 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 Jason. It's constant. <laughs> Spam that button. It's Spam like, that button like you're trying to boost a GF in Final Fantasy VIII, right? Oh, my, my thumb just twitched a little bit there. Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't trigger Lulu, please. <laughs> so, 
So, so you've you've got a wandering round, and then you find some sort of I just put weird bed keepers, mm. right? Mm. And she's wandering around. She's she's afraid of them. You just see a bed in a cage thrust forward, and then you see this mining mask, right? And I just put bed keepers in Silent Hill are not messing around because that bed in the cage must be a vicious little bastard. not only are they afraid of it but they're thrusting it forward as a deterrent again so it must be like a ufc yeah i think it's meant to be a reference to the whole fact that it's a mining town because obviously you'd have a canary in in a cage to let you know that it's safe to go and i think that's what they're doing it's almost like it's a canary in a cage and when the when the bird starts wigging out that's when they know it's time to leave but why they're thrusting it out in front of them, I'm not sure. Dramatic effect, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Is this where she ends up in the toilet? Yeah, it's it's getting to that. So she she ends up in in a in the classroom. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The classroom. Yeah. yeah. So she ends up in the classroom, and I honestly thought she farted until it zoomed out, and then she moved to a desk. <laughs> to me, she just oh. farted and, and freaked herself out, right? And, <laughs> Then happens. She was, happens it, it happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us and the worst of us, you know, even on yeah, movie bend set. over too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a confession. I'm, I'm nearly 36. <laughs> Surprise farts. Surprise farts are a thing. <laughs> Obviously, you know, to, to move the plot on, yeah. she, she wanders across all the desks and then there's two handprints and there's witch carved in it, so naturally she opens it up. Yeah, which is clearly, Al- clearly Sharon's yeah. hands, right? It can't be anyone yeah. else's. Then it says Alessa Gillespie on the on the on the on the book, which makes me think, is she chasing Alessa or Sharon? Isn't Alessa Gillespie a line in the Macarena? Probably. <laughs> If not, it is now. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> God damn it, Jay! <laughs> Has to ruin everything. Because now my brain's like going through it, going like, and then the Margarita I. Look at what you've done. I hope you're proud of yourself. You can hear it though, can't you? If you're really Alessa Gillespie, and Alessa Gillespie. A song about a woman cheating on her husband. Anyway, Let's um, move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've you've got the trope of you know um, in the movie, small children are quicker than adults. Absolutely. So Alessa's booking it up the stairs. Yep. You know she's quicker than the adults, which makes me think. Do you think Alessa does CrossFit? Hang on, wait a minute. It, that can't be true because if she did CrossFit, she'd tell us she does. The whole CrossFit. movie would be Alessa does CrossFit. Alessa does CrossFit. Mm. Yeah. And I just like to point out. She she books it up the stairs, right? So what we find out is a bathroom. And what I've put is, the bathroom is highest point in the building. That's bloody cruel. Imagine you're busting for a pee and you're told, oh yeah, the toilets are on the 19th floor. <laughs> Hell with that. I know it's a religious school and I'd probably get in trouble, but I, ended up, I just end up peeing out the window. <laughs> That's where my, my lobster bib comes in handy. Absolutely. Pee into the lobster bib and fling it out the window. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> See, got you covered, mate. Empty bottles are very important. But what, what's, 
<laughs> what I think is really Dirty interesting. Egg. <laughs> it's lemon juice, honest. It's lemon juice. <laughs> I had a cup of chamomile tea last night. It looked like hot wee. Anyway, um, <laughs> so as long as it's not hot soup. <laughs> so there I was. There, there I was watching this film, and and, and what's really interesting about this is it's it's Chekhov's gunning all of the scenes you'll later see right there's an awful lot of I keep I won't I feel like I'm um it's it's going to be very clear hey Jay just learned this thing called Chekhov's gun I didn't but it, it is everything up to this point is in the school is is like remember this this is important remember this and when she gets to the bathroom this is super important we won't tell you why but this is super important um, and that's when we Remember get the name to live on the uniform. Yeah, when when we get to the flashback bit that explains this scene, I'm going to step over this very quickly. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to stick around on it. But you know, the, the, there's there's Clive in the um, in the uh, in the toilet, all strung up and you know pulled to pieces. And she has to. Uh, there's, there's something on the wall that says, "I double dare you to reach into his mouth," and I'm like. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a spoopy place, I'm not going to follow the instructions on the wall or stick my hand in the mouth of somebody. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, no. Me. Sod that for a game of soldiers. Absolutely. Like, no. Like, that, that's one of the bits in the movie that genuinely makes me like, because it's yeah. like, one, it's a corpse, which yep. most people don't, you know, on your average day, don't come across. And two, he's got his mouth open, yep. and it's probably really gammy in there. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've I've got you know after the discovery of well, what she thinks is a little girl in there, you know she opens it, she finds Clive all barbed wired up and bent in half the wrong way and what have you. And I just put okay on second thoughts. If that is what happens when you pee out of the window, I'll take a hard pass. <laughs> I don't care how much I'm dead to do it. I am not going to pee out the window if I'm double dead and I end up doing that. Just nah, I'll take a hard pass. You're all right. It is some very powerful imagery, though. It mm. like, is. I I do also like as well how um again first time I remember watching it the first time and holding my breath as she's like you know reaching into his mouth because yeah. That is where you'd expect it to like twitch or do something, and mm-hmm. it does nothing. But it has you on edge the entire time yep. until she backs away, and even then you're still like expecting it to start moving or to twitch or to make a sound, and it doesn't. And I think that's really unsettling. Mm-hmm. And kudos for them for doing it. Yeah, yeah, um, much more unsettling than if it had have twitched because you would be like, yeah. oh, all right, I expected that. I was expecting, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But the fact that it doesn't, it's just like you you're constantly on edge like so when when when's it gonna when's it gonna mm-hmm. give me my uh, my jump scare? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting yeah. for that violin. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre special. That's yeah. it. The violin kicks in, he shows up and anyway. Um <laughs> so she sees that, she gets the is it It's the, the plate for the, the hotel the thing hotel. in it. Yeah. Hotel plate, right? So she goes to leave. She walks out of the door. She sees the, the, the miners. We don't know who they are. She sees the miners. She hails back in, locks the door. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, I'm with the miners on this one because we don't know what, if, if, we don't know who they are under the, under the, uh, costumes, but they're trying to kick the door down mainly because she's just locked them out the only toilets in the building. Absolutely. I am not feeling sympathetic towards Rose right now because they're going to have some very smelly miner suits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's a long walk home, sucker. <laughs> I mean, they are wearing gas masks, so it's not like if it was a fart in a space suit. <laughs> it doesn't protect... Gas masks don't protect you from smells inside the suit, do they? But they're like pretty much like suctioned onto your face. That's the whole point, is That's that true, like yeah. air... So, you know... It just it just pong afterwards, so like you know, <laughs> release the farts, unzip <laughs> <laughs> unzip it. A green mist comes out. That's it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm worried you produce green mists. Oh, you think people do? I'm quite worried now. I've never produced a green mist. <laughs> oh, you probably have. It's just being your own brew. <laughs> trust, trust me, Lulu. He has. Okay. Oh, I believe I've, it. I've I've hovered across a floor because <laughs> I fly that much, <laughs> but I've never produced a green mist. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh yes. Feed me enough on my own hovercraft. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they're trying to kick down the door, and then you hear the big ass foghorn, meaning shit's going to go down. You know, they they start to run, and then. Clive makes a surprise appearance because he starts moving and he, he does the, you know, he's twitching, there's, there's tongue movements, very unsettling. Anything he touches starts to get infected, which comes into great, that's explained like later on in the movie, yeah. the thing behind that. And he's crawling towards her, she's freaking out, everything's burning, so you see the turn into the other world right in front of you instead of it just going dark and then it's all weird, right? So she's starting to freak out. She's trying to kick the door down. You know, she opens the door. She runs down the corridor. The miners are getting chomped by cockroaches. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're getting eaten alive. Um, and all I caught for that was she trying to escape. She ran across a rickety bridge right, to find a way out. She looks up. She sees Alessa. Then she proceeds to blind herself with her own torch. Yes. Then fall out the window. I just put slow clap. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's kind of like finding a chainsaw and a zombie uprising and then chopping one of your feet off. Yeah. I yeah. Think maybe that's supposed to show... There that. you are. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. What if, what if that's supposed to show that she is... I mean, you said when we were discussing the first Silent Hill video game ages ago, you'd said... Harry Mason is the everyman. I believe that was on a on an yeah. Arcade attack. Yeah. You know, maybe um, she... she well, okay. Yeah, you say she blinds herself, right? She she shines the torch into her face and then falls out the window. Maybe it's because she's like, "Oh, I totally didn't expect to see you there. Let me turn the the the, the flashlight on just out of like uh, in uh, instinct, so that I can make sure it's you." But whoops, it's pointing at me. Ah, and then she falls out. Right? Maybe that's yeah. maybe it's just a, a a combination of unfortunate events. Yeah. How many floors do you reckon she fell? Uh, yes, that many. <laughs> made a steadier stuff absolutely so so um yeah we'll come back to clive later but we'll make it very quick because there's some horribleness around clive that i don't want to talk about mm. um so then what happens next bridge um she she starts hurtling outside just hurtling towards the opposite room because you know when you're running for your life it doesn't matter where you're going yeah, yeah. she starts running and then you see all the cockroaches and then pyramid head makes his appearance and she skids to a halt. No, she doesn't. She's still crawling at this point, so yeah. she's still out of it. She looks up, sees Pyramid Head, screams, and then starts running the opposite direction. Now, for me, the way my brain works, I heard the announcer yell, fight, and Mortal Kombat music died. 
Oh, see, me. There's two kinds of people in this world. You you heard a Mortal Kombat fight situation go on, and I was just like, "Wanna smash?" <laughs> <laughs> so that that's that to me is the more interesting thing, right? Because there's something about Pyramid that I only realized after I watched the film and thought back about it. In the original game, Pyramid Head is meant to represent because he's in Silent Hill too, right? He's meant Correct. to represent um, the, uh, I think. James. Yeah, I think they put it as it's meant to represent James's latent sexuality or something like that. His lust. Yeah. Yeah. It's James's lust demon. Yeah, it's his sexual frustration because um for a quick TLDR for people that haven't played it, in the second second Silent Hill game, James's wife uh passed away from an unknown illness. Um, and obviously he spent a lot of time in the hospitals around uh, quote-unquote sexy nurses, and mm-hmm. because he wasn't getting any, any action, mm. Pyramid Head is the embody- embodiment of that. So it was a bit strange, a little bit jarring that a character, well, an enemy, a character, whatever, was cre- that was created for male sexual frustration is being brought into a very female-dominated movie. Yeah, it was a bit so, odd. So my interpretation, and I've actually gone on the web and looked it up, and uh, I'm kind of along the right lines, apparently, is that mm-hmm. whenever you see Pyramid Head, Pyramid Head is there to protect Alyssa. So that's yeah. why, Sense. like, so Pyramid Head brings out those cockroaches, and Pyramid Head attacks the, the blokes in the suits, because the blokes in the suits are stopping Rosa from figuring out, oh, Rose, sorry, from figuring out what she needs to do. Now, why why Pyramid Head attacks her and the police officer later on, I have no idea. But that's meant to be the reason why Pyramid Head is there. Oh. Also, I'll mention this now, I'll put a spoiler warning. Pyramid Head is summoned by Dahlia Gillespie. You find that out later in the movie. So Dahlia has summoned him to protect Alyssa, who's running through the school. Um, there's there's more story revealed later on, but I just thought I might mention that. So you've got you've got her running split ass away from him, right? Running down corridors, trying to bang on stuff. She trips. There's a great part where it looks like she's going to sing into the torch. I thought that was hilarious when she's on the floor. Oh, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you see all the cockroaches. So she runs into a room. She finds a room that's unlocked. She closes it. Uh, no, she doesn't. She she goes to run into a room, I think, and then the police officer drags her in. Yeah. Um, she's, she's holding the door closed, and this is where she starts to be, become more of a believable character because she's she's doing the protective thing. You know, she's doing mm. her job, and she's like, "Hand me that pipe." I tell you what, get these bloody cuffs off me first; it'll be easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm handcuffed. Give me, give me, I'll help you if you get these cuffs off. You know, I think uh, I can't remember who wrote the script for the movie, but I think whoever wrote the script is better at human interaction in tense situations. Yeah, he's not very good at doing like what Quentin Tarantino. We all know he's really good at writing. Um, just people talking yeah. about nothing. He's really good at basic social interactions, you know. Mm. Reservoir dogs, they're all having a random conversation around breakfast. And mm. it's really about nothing, but about everything at the same mm-hmm. time. But not giving a tip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something and nothing. But this this writer is very good at 
tense situation interaction, but then to to go back to you know the whole meow thing, he's not good <laughs> at just human interaction. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the meows will forever haunt me. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, is, this is where they, they block the door, don't they? And, and Pyramid Head starts attacking through the door. Uh, starts violently thrusting into the door. That's it. I which know. is which is why, I guess, it it, it loop, links into the Silent Hill character of Pyramid Head because of the whole mm. spiky stabby. But it actually <laughs> isn't. And th- like I said, this is why I don't quite get why Pyramid Head is attacking Rose and the uh, the police officer. Because they mm. they were actually trying to uncover the mystery, you know, they went after attacking. At a, yeah, it's a little I weird. I have that. a little theory. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I have a little theory on that, on why initially he first attacks them, and it goes back to what Squidge said earlier that it's Dahlia that's summoning him to protect Alyssa. Now, remember, so far Dahlia's had one interaction with Rose. Mm-hmm. And she lunges for her necklace, saying, "That's my oh, daughter." That's true, yeah, yeah. So at the moment, Dahlia potentially sees both Sybil and Rose as a threat to her daughter mm-hmm. because one of them wants to take her away. Maybe Another person it. wants to take her away. So that could be why. Again, it's just a theory. There's nothing concrete, but that's mm. just what I gather from it is that it's just Dahlia trying to remove any threat to anyone that w- could potentially hurt or take Alyssa away from her. Mm. That makes sense. So yeah, that's just my that's just my uh, two pence on that. Mm. It certainly makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It, it, but again, it's one of those. It's going. You've got very tense moments, and it's most of that section is going that fast. You're not really going to remember it. Yeah, that's the thing. So it, it, it's one of those. If you get a second to think about it, it sort of makes sense. But in, in the moment, you can't make sense out of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, again, I just thought this is this is on multiple viewings for me. You know, I have seen it. A lot over the years. I mean, like, I know I watched it recently, but we all know my memory is awful. Mm. So even I, you know, like, <laughs> I forget things and, you know, mm. I hold my hand up to that. But that, like I say, that's just my theory on why initially um, Pyramid Head's, like, appearing to be attacking them. Because yeah. for all we know, he might not be attacking them. He might just be trying to grab them to take them back to Dahlia or to somewhere else. Be. Yeah. I mean, you get the you get the thrusts. You swipe in there, dodging. There's f bombs. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was it was an eighteen, but there was f bombs, and then blah blah blah. Um, Sybil shoots him a couple of times in the arm. He bends the pipe, and then he disappears. Everything disappears. Yeah. Right. And what I found really, what what I found quite good was they break out of there. Everything starts turning back to normal. They go into like a foyer. Rose is fine. Sybil is freaking out. Now, what I got from this is all the time Sybil's been in the town, it's been in the other world. So when it starts flipping back to normal and she sees everything as normal, it freaks the hell out. My initial thoughts were, because the town of Silent Hill is sort of, it melds your experience to the person, like the protagonist in the games. Yeah. I thought, is it melding to the pair of them? But then I remembered, no, it's completely Alessa's story all the way through this. So it's... It's melded to hair, you've got pyramid heads, she's being chased and what have you. And obviously 
parts of the games um, simulate a lesser story. So you've got like the cult of Dragoner all over the place. So you've got the the draggers. You've got the she was scared of the the boiler in the basement. So when you fight the monster in the basement, it's exactly the same sound as the boiler. You know, so it's all around um, Alessa's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I got next? Uh, yeah, so it goes from there, and it's sort of. You know, they're trying to figure it out. Rhodes is saying, just calm down, we'll be fine. Sybil sort of shakes it off. And you get to uh, Boromir. Is this... I, th- I think this is the part where he tries to get into Silent Hill and stop by the police officers. So... Boromir gets to the gates, he's stopped by the police officers, um, he's told, don't bother, and then they let him through, but let's, let's go find your wife, you know, I just put Boromir detects shenanigans afoot, retreats to rearm himself against the battle against the town, you know, <laughs> with him still being a, a medieval person, um, they bump into um, a woman who is scavenging. Um, who is currently fighting and throwing stuff at Dahlia. We mm. obviously don't know why at this point. She's scavenging. Uh, Dahlia sods off. Um, is this... Rose nicks her butter knife. Yes. She's walking around with the police officer and she commits theft. Mm. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like um, in that situation, police officers are taught to sort of look at the bigger picture. You know, she's she's having to arm herself, right? Because they don't know what's going on. And, um, you know, surviving versus getting stolen. Um, you know, that's uh, getting something stolen. I think I think that's... I think they make a judgment call at that point. Yeah. But you, you find out there's some sort of cult. Um, Dahlia's not part of it. Mm-hmm. From what Anna... We were told... Uh, the, the character's name is Anna. We're told that Dahlia's not Anna. part of it. Anna. And they, they start wandering around. They, they've, she finds a piece of paper that says, well, they start looking for the hotel, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They find more clues that she's at the hotel, so they sort off to the hotel. Um, Boromir, at this point, because he's been denied by the police officers, um, he decides to break in. Yes, he breaks into the adoption agency, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah, he, he breaks into the city crap. records in Brams. I just put Boromir is now breaking in so much for the portions of invincibility and plus five to lockpicking. He may yeah. as well just throw a chair through the window. Yeah. He does he, find important information. Yeah, I, 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 feel as, I feel as though the scene with him finding the important information is played too quickly. Like, you see him just, I'll flick through the box, flick through the box, flick through the box. This folder will do. I don't care. I'll just grab this one. And he opens it up and ba-da, there's all the information he needs. It's like convenience. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a name. I, I will look for the, the name of Officer Gucci. Awesome name. To find, oh, it must be something to do with the case. And then shock, horror, that's my daughter. No, it's Alessa Gillespie. And then he gets on the phone to the orphanage saying, I'm looking for Alessa. And it says assault and battery. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, did she, was it assault and battery on her? Was it, did she assault and batter someone? You find out later on it it wasn't it's the other hair attacking someone. She was being attacked, right? Then uh, let's see. Uh, next part, yeah. So the 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 they're in the the hotel. They're looking round. They find out. They find a letter in room one eleven, mm-hmm. which is a picture from Alessa 
Sharon, whoever it is. And it, it's it's just a picture. It's one of her pictures. They go to room 111. They find out that there is no room 111 while Anna is spouting, like, religious scripture at them constantly. Oh, mm-hmm. not constantly, but every so often. Right? And then you find out that instead of room 111, there's a big-ass picture on the wall, and it's of witch burning, at which point Anna tells tells the audience and everyone that this this town was built on witch hunters, which should be a red flag anyway, a warning sign, siren going off, right? So instead of taking the picture down, Rose just decides, I'm going to slice the hell out of it. Slices it, takes off the tiniest slither, and the, pokes, her head, pokes her eye through and goes, oh, oh, there's a door behind this. So the trash photo, obviously, but the photo, the picture, the trash it, and then they go through the door. And what I've got for this is uh, just cut into just cut into historical art. You, you know, she could have taken it off the wall. Does anyone else think after watching this film, you know, that people thought there was hidden doors behind art in museums? Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, mm. but it's it's a it's kind of an old trope as well. Mm. You know, like, oh, it's hidden, hidden. Yeah, oh, yeah. hidden doors behind like bookcases and. Random old paintings that, you know, people have, like, mentioned before, like, oh, you know, this was a, a recent uh, fixture, blah, blah, mm. blah, you know, and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's an old trope. Um, yeah. And I also, I also find it interesting that Anna seems to know nothing about, like, this room. I don't, I don't recall her mentioning anything about it, but that could have just been that she literally wasn't there and wasn't told about it because she's not important enough you know she's mm. just she's just an acolyte she's just somebody else for um the cult to sort of control yeah you know she's not a higher up it's like you're on a need to know basis love sorry mm. and I, I just put after that mind you with that kind of logic after the n64 was released imagine the amount of kids who wanted to jump into paintings and in museums yeah. Any, anyone else, or was it just me that thought that? It was just me. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so you've got that. They they open the door and they find out it leads to drop, and there's a hole to the opposite building. Yeah. So they all jump across. Rose drops her stolen stolen butter knife. Uh, they don't bother helping Anna across. No. Cause... Just Rose to help across, and then Anna, Anna jumps by afterwards. You know. Yeah. Anna. Anna. And then, <laughs> then you get an awesome... how she said her own name. Anna. Then there's one line that really made me laugh. It was, it looks like there was a fire in here. Everything looks like there was a fire in here. Yeah. That's the whole point of the town. It's just like, no Thank shit, you, Captain Sherlock. Sherlock. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's just like... It's literally raining or snowing ash, however you want to put it. Mm. Like, come on. <laughs> mm. Come on. Come on. Hey, come on, guy. Mm. Pretty much. Then then you've got um, plot advancement where Rose sees someone running again. So Rose, go, Rose goes hurtling after her. And then you see what she thinks is either Sharon or Alessa across a massive gap crying. So that gives her the, the motivation. She's going, right, come on, I can do this, which I thought was really quite cool. Yeah. I can do this. And she starts jumping and swinging and trying to get to the other side. And I just put Rose to Silver, the derelict uh, building raider. Lara Croft, she sure as shit ain't. <laughs> you know? So Rose of the Jungle. 
<laughs> Rose, Rose of the jungle. <laughs> I, New text message done. I actually, <laughs> I actually enjoyed that she couldn't, that she was a bit, uh, that she wasn't infallible. That like the last jump she made, she didn't quite make it. And she slipped a bit because it made her more human again, right? Because yeah. she's not, yeah, she's not portrayed as an acrobatic rumble tumble tomb well, raider, right? Ex- exactly. You know, like we we know very little about her character, so we don't know what she does for a living, whether she works or she's a stay at home mom. We literally know nothing about her personal life mm-hmm. other than she's a mum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fair enough. That's, that, that's, I suppose in this film, that's enough to go on. Mm-hmm. But it's like you say, they're showing her as being infallible instead of being like, you know, we've seen it in movies before and in video games. Like, oh, you've never used a gun slash sword before here. And then suddenly they know how to use it. Like they've always, Final yeah. Fantasy X, Oren gives Tidus a sword and suddenly the kid knows how to use it and it's just like mm. Bitch, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a trope that kind of annoys me a bit. Like I know it's for like with movies, it you're on a limited time, you've gotta you've gotta be quick with it. Mm. But at least have the character lie and be like, I've been to a gun range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so so you get a, a Jill of the Jungle bit, or Rose of the Jungle, as you put, <laughs> still a text message tone. Um, you, you get little teasing of exposition, so uh, you find out it's Alessa who looks ridiculously like Sharon, Cheryl. And she turns around, she sets her arms on fire, and then disappears. Yeah, look at me, so my arms oh, are on fire. Yeah, right? I'm burning. Yeah. Which... All of all of that is about to be explained, right? It was kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, that's kind of creepy that a kid would stick their arms up and that they'd be on mm. fire. But it is all quite literal. Everything, every thread that you've seen in this film is about to be pulled, and it's all supposed to. It's mm. all going to be revealing a rich tapestry of some absolute craziness. Mm. So then Sybil shows up and says, "You're going to kill yourself. How would you get over there?" She gets a random pipe throws it to her and says, swing across. And I just thought, why don't you swing across in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, it saves so much time. Yeah, so presumably, presumably because Rosa hasn't had the training that sh- uh, the, um, the uh, officer Sybil has had, um, so that then she could recognize, hey, this pipe will, will hold my weight and I can swing across, perhaps. Or perhaps yeah, it was just yeah. convenience for let's get her across really quickly because we don't want to waste time yeah. watching her sort of you know, uh, fumble her way across again. Yeah, Sybil's had training of how to navigate bent down derelict buildings, obviously. In Silent Hill. So she gets across. You find out from Anna, she says, oh, that's our symbol. Well, she doesn't. Sybil goes, that's your symbol, in it? And it does a close-up, and you see the symbol, which isn't in purple, thank Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there, and it's in a circle. You know, it's there, it's poignant. Um, And then what... (laughs) What I've put is, um, something terrible happened here. Yeah, we have to leave before Batman gets here. We've already disturbed his pat- bats. <laughs> Hang on a second, they're pigeons. Shit, we've really got to get out of here before Pigeon Man shows up. What well, crap's on everyone? Pigeon Man. Yeah. And demands yeah. bread. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Careful. Sees everyone as bread. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, now I want a sausage roll. <laughs> God damn it, that, Jay! It's lunch. That's I'm the hungry. second time you've done that. <laughs> Don't set her off. Come on. <laughs> so they end up leaving the um, the, the hotel, mm-hmm. and 
before you, you see all the crows flying, pigeons, crows, whatever. And then before the foghorn starts, you realize that Anna is a darkness detector. Yes. Um, so she's like, quick. So she has eyes. I <laughs> <laughs> on, I'll get my darkness detector out. Oh, I'll open my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, she'll attach my eyeballs. I'll, I'll install them. <laughs> you know. Um, so it's like, quick to the church before we've got a bear-demic situation on our hands. You know, we, we haven't got any coat hangers. We can't defend ourselves. So quick to the church, right? They, they go hurtling towards the church, and you realize that the townspeople are really good at hiding because you've never seen anyone before you get to the church, and there's townspeople everywhere. They are mm-hmm. the uh, international hide-and-seek champions is what they are. Oh, yeah, every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you, you run into um, Dahlia, who's there, and she's saying, don't follow them, they're, they're false. It's the first time you get the feeling that the religion is a lot more... There's more to the religion than meets the eye. It's not just, let's survive. There's, there's something going on. Mm. There's a seed of doubt planted. Right to a point where they're going up the stairs. Rose is determined to get Dahlia into the church because she thinks that the other world's coming. Let's get her in. Let's survive. Next thing you know, Dahlia does a thing with a hand. I'm not going to point it out to you, yet, but she does a thing with a hand, and then Pyramid Head shows up and proceeds to kill Anna. I'm not going to say how, but it proceeds to kill Anna, which is plot it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Then they they go into the church. Then it cuts. And you're back to Boromir, who is who goes to the 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 um, he's yeah. gone to the uh, the orphanage. Correction, thank you. Uh, correct him. Yeah, you correct me there. Um, and you see all the kids that go to bed and what have you. And he bumps into the the nun, the sister, whatever you want to call her. And he starts asking questions. He's getting a bit forceful. He's grabbing her arm, saying, "I really need to find, you know, I really need to find out what's going on." Officer Gucci turns up again. Awesome name, Officer Gucci. Officer in, Dolce in and Gabbana. But yeah, Dolce and Gabbana in, in like a Yorkshire. Dolce and Gabbana. Yeah, he turns up in some red sparkly pumps. You know, arrests him. Yeah, and uh, he gets exposition. So the nurse said, "I can't talk about this." He's the, the next thing you see. They're in a, a room. He kind of gets exposition. He gets told something happened thirty years ago. He gets shown the hands that are bent. No context whatsoever. Yeah. And he says, right, you can leave here. And then that's the end of it. You you leave me to deal with this. Mm-hmm. That's all the exposition you get. You're still sort of scratching your head if you've never played the game before. I was scratching my head. I thought, where the hell are they going with this? You know? Yeah, it was a bit... Meh. Yeah, but uh, again, it's it's because the threads are all about to be pulled to make it all make mm-hmm. sense in, in a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's told, you know, leave. I'll deal with this. You know, off, officer badass slash Gucci. Gucci. Dolce and Cabana. I don't know what accent that was. Anyway, so Officer Gucci says, leave or else. Shaky fist. You know, then you're back to the church and purple woman is menacing because menacing is menacing. The two of them turn up. They're covered in Anna's blood. Again, Trigger warning, whatever. You know, they all turn to them because they're not dressed in the same clothes. They yell witch because mm-hmm. they're dressed differently. So that's not the reason why they're called witches or why they're branded witches. I know, but still. You find, out, you find out in a minute, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they get blamed for bringing the darkness on and then they completely, oh, my Anna's dead because of you two. You know, and the, the woman in purple, 
to a credit, says, well, you know, Anna wasn't supposed to be out. Mm. You know, it's not it's not the stranger's fault. They're, they're, they're outside of us, but we can't... Essentially, we can't jump to conclusions. It's not their fault. Anna went out. We said not to. Mm. Right? And then everyone starts praying. They turn around and start praying. And it's a, it's a bit freaky. Yeah. Right? Because everyone's praying, and you see all the stuff around it. There's... There's obviously religious iconography all over the place. There's pictures. It, they're, they're showing burning witches. Everyone's chanting, not chanting, praying, you know. And um, this is where you start to get a bit more backstory. A little bit. There's not too much. And you'd be told, you'd be, you'd be told, Edmund, Jesus, proper Yorkshire. Um, you're told that um, if people have faith, the darkness will hurt them. Very sort of roundabout, really weird way of doing it. Um, and then you're told that there's a devil. It mentions demons and unfaithful and purity and innocence and all the rest of it. Yeah, so after that, right, um, Rose mentions a daughter's missing, you know. The, yeah. the woman in purple says, if you've got faith, you'll be fine. I can show you where to go. I can't promise you'll come back. And, and a few townspeople are going, no, we're not, we're not, no, don't do it. And it says, shush, shush, shut, shut your gob. You know, we'll, we'll let them go. Right. And you get taken to the, uh, hospital. The, um, yeah, the hospital. That's apparently where the, the source of the demons are. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I mean, so, to be fair, hospitals are, oh, mm. uh, I'm not keen. Yeah, I'm, I'm not keen either. But yeah. you get taken to the hospital. She wanders in. She's like, <laughs> it's, it's not like dentist. It doesn't smell like mint. It just smells like hospital. Oh no! Um, even dentist smell funky. <laughs> mint, constant mint. What the hell? It's like old mint. Frosty <laughs> mint. <laughs> Why does it smell like chewy in here? Uh, bubble gum. Mint bubblegum. Is that different um, to crusty jugglers? The crusty jugglers. jugglers. The greater also, just to quickly like get off, get off uh, on a little tangent here, can mm. can like movie people, people in Hollywood, hear me now? Stop demonising the colour purple. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm guilty of that because I just hate the colour purple. Oh, it's my favourite um, colour. Well, I don't like it. <gasps> um, Squidge, we're no longer friends. You are no longer my fellow the, DJ. The, 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 the house I used to live in, right? <laughs> Everything apart from the room I stayed in was purple. <laughs> bathroom, the hallways, the downstairs All bathroom. All right, that, that's a bit The much. garden. That's the a bit much. The Honestly, it was true. The people, the people, everyone, everything was purple. Even the food, it was weird. How would you, you get purple enchiladas? But they managed it, I don't know how. But enchiladas, that's like, how you get them. Yeah, persialadas, yeah. New, new, new in shops, persialadas, right? So... So yeah, she's kind of demonized, right? And then you get told, or Rose gets told, memorize this map, this will help you. And there's there's a lot of sort of vague stuff she says after that. And then one thing that happened was when she went into the, just down the back of it, when she went into the church, Rose gets hit, she gets slapped, and she drops, she has the necklace from her neck ripped off, which mm -hmm. is what, she has a picture of uh, Sharon in. The woman in purple, I still can't remember her name, gives her the necklace back saying that we might be, uh, somewhat along the lines of, we might be uh, foragers, foragers and scroungers, but, you know, we've still got, um, mm. we're still going to be civil about this, here's your necklace back. As she passes the necklace back, it opens up. She sees a likeness in the lesser, and this is where I've put, 
The woman in purple, when she's accusing Sybil and Alessa of being witches herself, mm. which everyone else is accused for the second time after agreeing to help them, she throws the metal, heavy metal devil horns at him. Oh, yeah, she does, don't she? Dahlia does the same thing when it looks like she's summoning um, Pyramid Head. Yeah. They point in devil horns. So the movie is instantly metal as hell. Yeah. You know, point so, in the devil horns. So now. the reason for that is that the, um, the the metal horns fist sort of shape thing is mm. meant to be a demonic thing. And it's meant to be something that uh, witches used to do, which is why the heavy, the early heavy metal artists picked up on it. And so mm. you're supposed to subtly pick up that Dahlia is a witch and that also... Um, oh, Bella. Yeah, Christabella, yeah. which Christ- is a Bella is a witch, right? Mm. And and you're supposed to subtly pick up on that and that, um, and that perhaps the hatred towards Dahlia and Dahlia's daughter is because Christabella is a witch. And, you know, you find out later on that... Um, that the townspeople believe that a worldwide apocalypse has happened, which is why um, they're they're shifting into the other world and why the constant reign of Ash. But that's because Christabella has sort of, in effect, brainwashed them into believing that that's the case rather than admitting that she messed up and caused it all. Well, yeah, it's not really a religion. It's a cult. Yeah. Yeah. She's a cult leader. Yeah, you're led to believe it's a religion to begin with, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like the way, like when you first introduced to Christabella, she's basically going through the motions of brainwashing them mm-hmm. because everyone's so quick to be like, "Burn the witches," and she's like, "No, no, no, no. We need to hear their side of the story." She's mm-hmm. trying to appeal to them to make them feel relaxed, and that's what you know. She she can be quite charismatic, and that's like one of the strongest points of you know, cult leaders is that mm. people that get out always say how charismatic they were. And it's yeah. part of the, the whole shtick. And mm-hmm. that's what Christabella was doing. Mm. It's like, ooh, fresh meat. <laughs> So when she finds the locket, and so I don't think Rose ever gets the locket back. She's she's wearing a she's wearing a phone around her neck, a Nokia thirty three ten, which I think she just put on a rod and use it as like Thor's hammer because it break everything. It's the hero right. of the movie is the thirty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she gets in the in the lift. Um, Sybil does a truly badass thing and says, "Go find your daughter." Flicks the the little bit of rod that kept the elevator doors open. At which point the the miners or the people that's with Christabella realise that she's out of ammunition and she gets her ass beat. Oh, she really does. Big time. I honestly thought, because it's the first time watching this movie, I thought they killed her. Yeah, it is. Because you don't see it. But you see it and it's pretty it's like metal pipes that work. They really go for it. Mm. I thought she was dead. Yeah, they do they do go to town on her a bit. Yeah. Which in a way I know this is gonna sound strange, but um, you know, this is from a woman's perspective. I kind of appreciate that they kind that they went no holds barred on her hmm. because so many times in movies when a woman is being beaten up by some you know, by a group of men, women, whatever, they always sort of tone it down because it's like, Oh, but it's a woman that's being attacked. Hmm. And it's like, 
So, what yeah. you know, I, I, take I, a beating. I personally still class as an enemy. Don't hold back. Yeah, yeah it know. was it was really brave of them to actually show that. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I applaud them for that because, yeah, they're not going to go easy on her just because, oh, it's a woman. No, mm. she is a threat to them. And, of course, mm. they're going to go to town on her because they want to eradicate the threat. And, I mean, of, of all the things in this game, I mean, any person, especially with the representation of gore and stuff, anyone who, who who's seen the silent, uh, played the Silent Hill games is sort of like, yep. That's nothing new to me. It's that yeah. games are worse, you know. Yeah. But to to break that sort of stigma, yeah. Of, oh, she's a woman. Go easy on it. No, they're gonna beat her ass. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, because in so many films, like you see it, you know, it's like, uh, it, it's always a backhand slap, and that's supposed to be yeah. enough. And it's like no, because a woman, you know, I'm not saying all women will, because we've all got our different pain thresholds, but a woman can still get up from that and be like, yeah, come at me, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think as yeah. well it's because um, Sybil is painted as the badass uh, uh, yeah. police officer, right? So she, would, she really is at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew to like her at that point. Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I worry that we're harping on um, beating women up. So uh, yeah, so she's sorry. Move on. No, but I, I I agree. It was brave of them to show that. Um, yeah, but good, good practice for the zombie apocalypse. She'd be part of four years later. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, a different franchise. So Rosa's in the basement and she's following the steps, and she ends up in this in this room, right, in the hospital. I mean, I put, I mean, I've I've got two things just really quickly to go over. Is first of all, express elevator straight to hell. Yeah, um, sprung to mind. And when she's trying to find this room, she keeps going over and ahead. The directions like left, left, right, right. I just put left, left, right, right, left. Engage rotor ten thirty degrees. Um, two up to down left right left right BA start BA yeah BA that is the Konami code yeah. <laughs> then then suddenly she, she remembers you know you, you act, she gets told you activate the light that they will find you but you'll need him to get out there she turns around there's the Silent Hill nurses without the right? burping the tropes without the burping right and I just put Silent Hill nurse flash mob hit the music but these are more the Silent Hill Two nurses because yes, they were present in the original game, but they were they looked like they were infected with something. Yeah, it was more like a growth on the back one. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this is the more hypersexualized version from Silent Hill Two because again it's linked to James and his sexual frustration and blah 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 blah. And you see Primadead um batter the hell out of him a couple mm-hmm. of times. Ooh, in, um, in the on game, top yeah. of some very uncomfortable yeah, thrusting in the-, in the game, yeah. 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 Yeah, and then I I just put light activated death nurses just in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I I did like the way that this this scene was shot. Um, and I oh, it was, it was really well brilliant. done. I did like this one. Yeah. They filmed it in reverse, didn't they? Yes. They were did they? Yeah. Um, they're all um dancers, ballerinas, stuff like that. Um, mm. brilliant decision. But yeah, they um they filmed them um if you. Yeah, they're they're walking backwards um, when they film them, and then obviously they just reversed it so that they're walking forward, and that's how you get the the really jerky, unsteady steps mm. because obviously they're you know they're wearing killer 
stilettos, and <laughs> I doubt that their vision was great in those uh, masks and what have you. <laughs> so yeah, that's how they did it. Was that they they had them walking backwards and then just reversed it for the movie so that they'd be walking forwards, and it was just like it's such a simple effect, but it yeah. was effective. Yeah. And then you add, and then she's trying to get through it, and then one of them starts slicing up everyone else. Mm. She leaves the light and then bolts. Yeah. So that's the bit that I didn't get is that she switches the light on, she puts it on the floor, and then runs away. Because mm. isn't like because they then the, the the nurses then make their way towards the light and then stop, and presumably they they start bashing the light to pieces or something. Mm. But that I didn't quite. Well, get. It was to distract them because her goal was at the end of that corridor. Of course. But then it then draws them towards her. That's, that's the bit that I'd... Like, what I would have done yeah. is I'd have switched the light on and thrown it to the other side of the corridor, right? Because then they're rushing yeah. to the other end. But anyway, mm. so... But that's because so, you're smart, Jamie. <laughs> and we, we've all played video games and watched horror movies, so oh, we know the drill. Yeah, H- Horror movies and video games, logic does not come into it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm also Everyone's sitting, an idiot. Yeah, uh, the yeah. other thing that I was just about to say then is I'm also sitting here in a calm, collected conversation, not okay. adrenaline is pumping, how do I get out of this room and make sure that I get there safely. So so Rose gets out of that room and goes and sees... She, Yeah, she makes it to the end room and it's just blinding light and then you get all this exposition thrown at you. It's the massive reveal. Everything's coming together, the whole story. And I just put, you made it... You made it, Rose. Now it's your reward. Now it's your reward to to quote Brantlefloss. Um, what do you get? Thirty-seven pounds of jack shit. Boom, boom, boom. But you find out out of everything the whole reason why Alessa was banned. And this, if if you if you listen for when um, you have a Dahlia and a sister when there was a confrontation in the bathroom after the thing with Clive, you find out the whole reason she's branded a witch is because Alessa was born out of wedlock. Yeah. Yeah, because she's That's saying... That's some very old-fashioned views. Yeah, yeah. So That's some very old-fashioned views. The, yeah. the, the other part as well is right at, right at the end of that flashback scene, there's loads of stuff goes on. Um, mm-hmm. the, this, this poor child is born out of wedlock and is shall we say, attacked in a specific way by Clive. which Just is, assaulted. Yes, assaulted yeah. in a specific way by Clive the janitor, which is why when he uh, come, went in, in the other side, he's arranged in that way. It makes sense that she would only yeah. remember his top half if you think about, mm. I don't want to say the kind of assault that she had, right? But yeah. yeah. And, so, and so they burn this person in the hopes of burning her alive to, quote, purify her. Um, it because she she had the unfortunateness of being born out of wedlock and being assaulted by someone, right? And then that that one decision brings about the entirety of essentially the apocalypse of the city. It sets the mm-hmm. it sets the coal underneath the city alight. It causes um, monumental amounts of harm. It causes this poor child to to live in pain for the rest of her life because she is she's. Mm-hmm. You know, technically still alive at the end of the film as a thirty-year-old, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And all of that fear and anger is then bounced back out into Silent Hill, which is the the whole point is that it's a, like you said earlier, there, Squidge. It's Alyssa's anger 
comes out when uh, Silent Hill shifts into the other world, which is why mm. the kids uh, that chase Rosa look like they're on fire, which is why and the screen um, and- exactly, which is why Clive comes to sort of comes to life and tries to attack people. It's why um, the worst of people's thoughts and Im- and imaginations come out because she's using that rage almost in a uh, in the way that it's written in the Ring books. Sadako turns the rage that she has in at the world out yeah. onto the world, right? And that I presume I presume brings out her witch-like powers because her mum's a witch and her aunt's a witch. Mm. Witch. Um- which, 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 which is which? Which, 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 but she refused to name who the father was mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. You know, we never find out why she no- she wouldn't name him. I'm sure it's on the cutting room floor somewhere and somebody yeah. who's like massively into this will know and be sat there going, oh, 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 me, 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 <laughs> to you. Pick me, pick I notice you and I adore you. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's acting almost like he's acting like a father figure, a protector for her. And it was at that point in this in the movie that it made sense why he was in it, and I was like, okay, all right, yeah, no, I can, I can, I can leave this one. I can, I can go back to my, uh, to my. Hmm. <laughs> I was I, at this point, I was heavily confused because it was complete departure from the game, and I was expecting the game, but it was it was a different story. And what I've got for it is so the big reveal is that the faithful burnt her alive, and the policeman who tried to help the policeman tried to help her, hence the bends on his hands. That's mm-hmm. him explained, mm-hmm. right? The demon or devil or whatever wants revenge emerges with Rose, while the cre- the nurse cries bloody tears in the background. Reference to Castlevania, whatever. But you get this massive explanation, it's and it's so yeah, yeah. So I I don't think it's bloody tears. I think um, that the nurse. Having to have having to deal with helping Alyssa for those thirty years, she's been kept in that sort of um, in a in a young form, and I think mm. it's her that the other nurses are meant to represent because they're all bandaged yeah. across the face. So perhaps the fear of and and the horror that she's having to witness every day with helping because essentially she's having because Alyssa is bandaged head to foot she isn't yeah. bandaged head to foot when she like looks at the camera and she gives those signals but she for all intents and purposes will be bandaged head to foot so this nurse mm. is having to deal with the body horror of this person is badly burnt from head to foot and I have to deal with it so perhaps yeah. it's more a case of because she doesn't have any pupils either so maybe she scratched out her eyes or something and, yeah. and maybe that's why the other nurses have the the um, the tape around her the, the bandages around her around their faces maybe they're ma- meant to represent that maybe there isn't one nurse there's a whole mm. bunch of nurses and eventually they all are driven crazy by what they've had to witness yeah but also, that particular nurse is a reference to Lisa Garland mm-hmm. from yeah. the first uh, game. Oh. That is that is a really. It, I mean, for the time, the the FMV was quite graphic, but the story behind it, it's that was one part in the Silent Hill where I'd, I'd like a frog in my throat. You know, yeah, that lump in your throat. Yeah, and just open the door. Don't run. Just just open the door. Harry. It doesn't. It just yeah. But you find out that 30 years after it happened, 
Alessa meets up with this devil character. They they decide to take the goodness of Alessa out of her, manifest as natural person, and take her outside of Silent Hill to live a normal life. That's that's why Alessa was at the the orphanage. That's why mm-hmm. uh, Rose and Boromir Kristoff adopt her. But you find out that the goodness, the good part of her, gets taken to an orphanage. Now in the game, she's reincarnated. She's born again, and then brought back to Silent Hill, or you know, whatever. Which is technically so, what happened. Yeah. 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 So in in um, it's weird that the story of the film they make Dahlia, uh, D- Dahlia, Dahlia. That's how I've wrote it. They make Dahlia a good guy or an anti-hero type thing. Yeah. She made a mistake. You find out in a cutscene she made a mistake. She handed her daughter over, but she instantly regretted it. She ran to go get the police. That's yeah. why the policeman's got a bear on her hands. She instantly regretted it and wanted to do good. Mm. That's why she's ostracized from the the faithful in the town. That's why she's. Yeah, because she can't go anywhere near the church. Because, mm. because Christabella represents the evil, you know, the 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 uh, she's turned the cult against um, Dahlia. Like uh, the first time you meet her, not the first time you meet her, but the first time you see her outside of the church, Anna throws a rock at her and calls her a heretic because she's yeah. been driven wild with fury by um, Christabella's um, uh, rhetoric. I suppose. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. She's evil. Ignore her. Ignore her. She's evil. She's the evil one. She's yeah. the devil incarnate. You know, you, you Anna's been brainwashed. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the whole "if thine eye offends thee, pluck it mm-hmm. out." Yeah. So, moving swiftly along, because I, I realise there's a lot of time here. Uh, a lot of time's been gone. So. Alyssa, or the spirit of the devil, correction, fuses with Rose because the the spirit wants to enact revenge and Rose can go into the church where the spirit can. Mm-hmm. Right? So you find out that the faithful are going to burn Sharon in front of Dahlia, which is pretty messed up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you also find out that Dahlia has hidden Sharon up till this point. You find out she's a good guy. She's kept Sharon safe yeah. from, from the faithful, which... It, it took a second when the, the cutscene was happening, and I realised, that's what's happening. She kept her safe, because mm. she knows what'll happen. Um, the find Sharon, the take her to the church. There's a part where Sybil gets, let's say, sacrificed yeah. um, before Sharon's supposed to. Another victim of the ass-backwards faithful in this film, I put. Yeah. Right? You get, before... There's, there's a lot of, you know, we'll burn the witch, burn the heretic, you know, a lot of witch finder stuff going on. Um, Rose wanders in like a badass. Just yeah. don't, just trying to fight her at her own game, right? And there's a lot of witch heretic pointed at Rose. Um, there's a part where Rose gets stabbed, right? She goes to the floor. You get Christabella walking back saying, she was a blasphemer. Mm. It's a sin. Isn't murder the original sin? So yeah. that's, one that's, hand doesn't wash the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the whole point of that is to show the um, the cult-ish and religious-ish. Um, mm. I can excuse my behaviour by saying that the person that I did it to was more evil than I am, um, and that's the that the whole point was the whole point behind Christabella branding everyone who says anything against her as a witch is because then she can get away with oh shut up you're it's like on the playground right when when someone when you would tell someone something you go oh yeah well you smell or so she fits mm. yeah it's the same sort of behavior yeah. except it's taken to the, yeah. the extreme in that i can get rid of you if i brand you a witch because the people around me have been uh, have been struck up in such a f- uh 
Yeah, uh, they've been conditioned. Yeah, frenzy. They're in, they, they're, yeah, they're in a frenzy. They have been conditioned that when they hear witch, they have to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Mm. They've, they've so, got to. They have to cleanse themselves of this witch. Yeah, they have to, to bring innocence back. You know, That's like I, I can't remember whether it's a god that they worship or anything like that, or if it's more an idea mm-hmm. that they're uh, worshiping. Yeah, it's an idea in it. Yeah, but you cleanse know, to, evil. Yeah, type thing. to protect yeah. this ideology of theirs, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's almost like saying witch is almost like a trigger word for them. Yeah, 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 and, and, and that's what they've been brainwashed and to. Christabella knows this, so that anyone who who presents an opposing worldview, so she's told the rest of the people in the town, the rest of the world is like this. That's why um, Rose says when she walks in, "There was no apocalypse. I'm from a world outside of this yeah. town. There is no apocalypse. You've all been brainwashed." And because yeah. she's presenting a, an inconvenient truth, Christabella's only um, defense is to say, "Witch, witch, burner," because she knows, yeah. like. Yeah. We've all just said that whip the people into a frenzy and they'll ignore everything that um that that rose is saying mm-hmm. I, I will say at this point it's it's clear as day that it's a cult you walk oh. in and it's a cult mm-hmm. my notes say faithful my backside i know a cult when i see one mm-hmm. yeah where's the kool-aid yeah where's Absolutely. the kool-aid guy tell pal yeah then then she says something kind of weird she's you know, she said, "You brought the darkness in here with you because the darkness starts showing, but it only happens after she stabs Rose. Mm. Yeah, the, the the goes to the ground, the blood's pouring out of her again. Trigger warning, because sorry. and the the, so, the, so, the ground starts like bubbling, right? And I just mm. put, you brought the darkness with you. Rose never has to be stabbed. So, so this, I brought it on yourself. Yeah, no, of course. But um, so the the blood falling on the ground and causing all of that to happen is because that's. The way that's a way for um, the it, it, it's a way for the devil to 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 come out of um, Rose's yeah. body. There's a lot of contention online. Is it the devil? Is it not? But it actually, you know, uh, Chris Christopher Gans has said it's the devil. The three writers have said it's the devil. It's the devil, right? And yeah. all that the devil wants is to give um, uh, Alyssa that chance at revenge. The vengeance, yeah, yeah. literally, it's, it's they call it satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some sort of demon. Well, we'll just yeah. call it some sort of demon. At the very least, it's a demon. Creepy cre- 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 kid, creepy cre- kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're holding and up their end of the bargain. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Rose goes, Rose goes in. She's been stabbed. Uh, a wound's healed. You see some sort of darkish blood come out of her, and that makes the floor mm. transform into like the so the darkness of the other world starting to manifest. Alyssa comes up. So, so I'm not going to go into detail on this. So yeah. Alyssa in her bed come, rises up, right? And um, what's her face? Woman in purple. She sees this. She's freaked out. She's been bubbled. Christabella. Christabella. Right? Christabella. Yeah, whatever. Right, Christabella. She comes up. There's there's uh, barbed wire. Things happen to the villagers with the barbed wire. I'm not going to go into it. What I will say is, Again, there's a there's there's a, a level of gore in this that's kind of expected it's with quite vengeance. Visceral. It is visceral, but yeah. again, anyone who's played the games is sort of like, Yeah, I'm used to this, you know. Yeah, but I think it kind of makes sense because of you know, like what happened to her was so horrific. Mm-hmm. Twenty plus years of, of thoughts of vengeance and then she's Yeah, got a exactly. Of course she's gonna get creative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I when I was watching it, my immediate reaction was this ending, this visceral. I'm not going to go into the details of what happens to Christabella. No. You want to know what happens? Go watch the film and all the people around. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but it, I did think that it was a bit over the top. And then, like you said there, Lulu, it requires the thought process of going, actually, if I was planning revenge for 30 plus years, I wouldn't just go, ha ha ha, got you. It would be yeah. over the top, just like this. Is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you've had 30 years to shoe on summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, if, you're going to get creative. <laughs> yeah. But again, if you think. If you think about it, there's no other way that scene could have happened. It had to be over the top. It had to be rage fueled. Mm. There's no other way that scene could have gone. Every, everyone in that church had to be punished. Yeah. Essentially. Because they all had a hand in it. They all had a hand in it. They were all there when Alessa was bent. She survived, but they were all there. Yeah. All, all, all of the people she wanted vengeance on was in one place. It yeah. had to. There was no way that could have been tame. It had to be over the top. Yeah. There's no other exactly. way it could have happened. So while this is happening, it focuses on a lot of the gore and what have you. Rose belts up the stairs towards her daughter. She ends up stabbing one of the villagers who gets in her way because she's still got the knife in her hand mm-hmm. that Christabel used. Because it's sort of like, I'm in this now. I've got to save my daughter. And yeah. when, you, when you're saving a loved one, nothing, nothing stops you. So mm-hmm. it's stab. Another person goes for it, gets caught up in the, the barbed wire. She runs up. She... Um, cuts the ropes, she saves her daughter, at which point she runs to one side. There's a lot of stuff going going down, so she sort of covers herself. She gets low to the ground, covers herself, covers her daughter. Alessa gives her a nod, gives her a look and a nod, an actual nod. Rose sort of nods back, then she closes her eyes. Mm. Right, everything's going on. The demon makes her way up the ladder, goes towards where Sharon is, they make eye contact, and then it all goes dark. Mm. Yeah, so that's um, that's the the devil saying to Rose, "You've done your, you, you you've upheld your end of the bargain. I am going to leave you alone. I'm not going to harm you. Mm. You're not going to be harmed." Um, and um, yeah, the the interesting thing is that Rose says to uh, Sharon, "Close your eyes, baby. Close your eyes. Keep your eyes closed." Natural curiosity. She looks up. And sees, Opens her eyes, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. sees the demon, devil, whatever version of, of Alyssa, and then passes out. And it's mm-hmm. meant to be that at that point, um, the, 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 the sort of the evil demon side of Alyssa and the good, pure side of Alyssa have joined together in one person. So that's the idea is that they've now joined together. Yeah. Yeah. And they're inside of Sharon because Sharon's got a chance of life yeah. that yeah. Alessa never had. So that's what Alessa wants. Yeah. And there's a really poignant bit towards the end. And I haven't wrote this down, but I remember it. They're walking outside the church and Dahlia survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And Dahlia said, why did she spare me? And a line that was in the, the earlier on in the film that's brought back up that Sybil originally said is in the eyes of the child, a mum is God. Yeah. You know what? I also really like that line because if you've ever watched The Crow, they said it's the exact same yeah. line. Yeah. Mother, mother is the word of God in the heart, in the lips and hearts of all the children. That's the one you, you got the quote, right? I got yeah. roughly. It, it's one of those when you hear it and it's used again, it, it gave me some chills. Yeah. Mm. Some, some tingles. I thought, oh, that's yeah, I was expecting it to follow up with morphine is bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> So after that, there's there's a there's a lot of Silent Hill music going on. You kind of get the feeling that Sharon's got a lesser in it because she's giving blank stares. Mm-hmm. You know, she's acting a, a little different. The walk towards the car, Rose is still covered head to toe in blood because of everything that went on. 
mm-hmm. obviously because she's a survivor, they're meant to be traumatised a little yeah. bit. She gets into the car, she rings Kristoff, Boromir, Sharp, <laughs> whatever his name is, and says, I found her, we're coming home. They drive out of the city, realizing that the just, cl- the just cliff real quick. Was, hmm? Sorry, just real quick. It's important to hmm? notice. It's important to note that um, when Chris, when Christopher takes the phone call, he just hears static. That's all he yes. hears. Yeah. He hears like got a bits. That's why he's getting so riled up. Yeah, yeah. he can't hear it, all of it. Yeah. So he hears static. They get in the car and start driving out, and it's at that point you realize that the cliff being there is an illusion. She drives right over it. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's the bit that kind of really uh, it felt kind of mm. had. It, again, it was another case of the writing team writing themselves into a corner. How do we actually get like, out yeah. of this? Right, we just pull an Indiana Jones to do a leap of faith. That's what we'll do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they get home and or the drive home. And this is where it gets a bit weird because I had to, I had to look up some sort of explanation because I couldn't get to it myself. The ending was a bit weird. Yeah, it is a little bit. Warm. So so Boromir Sharp is in the light world and he's and and he's asleep on the couch. Rose and Sharon turn up and it's it it seems to be the light world, but it's like a little darker, and they don't see him. They but they're going to the, the house. Fog the entire t- the they still way. they still have the fog. It's still that foggy world. It's not holy crap, this is everything's going to kill me well, but that fog's still there, right? So they go into the house. Boromir Sharp wakes up, looks across. The The door's open, but the car isn't there. Mm. And from what I've read, it's kind of like they're in two separate worlds now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alessa's got full control of the other world, but Kristoff isn't in it. Mm-hmm. And it sort of ends there to a really, really beautiful rendition of music. And then it, over the credits, you've got the, I can't remember the name of the woman. I'm so sorry, but the woman who sings like all, like three of, I think it's in four of the Sand Hill music. She she actually gives words to the lyrics. It's awesome. I, mm-hmm. It just really made it awesome. But I was still, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was still. I love that song. I belt it out when I'm hovering. Yeah. <laughs> but I was still really confused about the end, and I had to look it up. And I thought, so that's what they went for. But if you're not entirely sure of like how the other world and the real world works, the ending's going to be really vague, mm. and it probably confused a lot of people. It did me. A lot of things about like from the second half of this movie, a lot of it confused me until I sat down and really thought about it. And even then, I had to go online to have it to to help someone tell me what this means. You know, I wasn't too sure. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a film that requires maybe uh, two viewings. Like you were saying earlier mm-hmm. on, Lulu, you mentioned that if you can watch it again with the expectation of this is going to happen, that's going to happen, then you're able to really pay attention to the, to the yeah. dialogue and to the signs of the background. And this is why a lot of people online tend to think that the majority of the film happens in the last few seconds of of Rose's um, uh, consciousness yeah. as she's as she's dying because she crashes the car at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, um, yeah. Which you know it does make a sort of sense, and it does kind of link to the bad ending of Silent Hill One. Mm-hmm. Also, the this the song at the end the credits is is uh, "You're Not Here," which it features in Silent Hill Three, and it's yeah. sung by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, but she uses the pseudonym Melissa Williamson for that one. That's who I remember, Melissa Williamson. You just I didn't remember I think the other she's name. She's a country singer traditionally. Yeah, I think I could be wrong. Oh, but, but the tunes she bangs out voice. are just brilliant. 
Yeah, oh, you're not can, here. She can bang like, out a tune. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Such a good cartoon. <laughs> yeah. So, so despite running over the the time of the film, which we've done before, I, you see, apologies I, for that. So, listeners, um, uh, Squidge, we finished talking about the film. Um, we did only actually run over the the running time of the film by forty seconds. So we did. Oh, it's not bad. We nice. did do a cardinal sin, but we've only like this is the recording, right? I don't know what if anything is going to get edited out in the edit, but we've only gone over the movie's length by forty seconds. So I'm going to call that a win. Yeah, I think we'll call. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Again, text message tone. Yeah. So, Seriously, I'm going to have to start charging for this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, call 1-800-LULU <laughs> that's it set up a service call 1-800-LULU to get your ringtone yeah. oh. I, I already did an advert in a previous episode to do with that didn't Absolutely. you listen to it yeah yeah we did, we did well you know like I'm putting it out there again I will take requests <laughs> or if there is something weird I said and you're like yeah there was other people talking and I want you to do that I'll be just like yep yeah, I'll do it here, here are my Venmo details oh all I require is a bit of caffeine and sugar and I'm on my way. Yay! 100 <laughs> make Lulu say weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've talked through that movie, uh, I feel like we can all relax a little bit, right? We've talked yeah. through that movie. So... How how would you each rate this film, right? So remember, for those of you who haven't heard A Waffle in Taylor's Goes to the Movies for a while, we rate films on three particular um, separate uh, criteria, right? We want to, I would like to know how you'd rate the film as a horror movie, so just as a generic horror movie. I'd like to know how you would rate the film as a... A, as a video game horror movie. So, like, it is just a video game. You don't worry about the connection to Silent Hill, the connection to Konami, any of that, right? And then what I'd like to know is, how would you rate it if, if it was placed into the canon of the games somehow? Let's imagine we could backflip and do super-duper weird physics-y maths and place it into the canon of the games. How would you rate Timey, it? Timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly stuff. That's it. How would you rate it as part of the uh, the video game canon right and each of these three criteria are rated out of uh, you give it uh, a one of three possible ratings and that is you absolutely love it and should recommend that people definitely give it a go um that's like the top tier middle tier is kind of like eh, try it if you've got like a rainy sunday afternoon and you want to watch a film and the last one it, yeah yeah and the last one which was uh, submitted by squidge when we were planning all of these which is fling it into a tree so, so Lulu, how would you rate this film as a horror film? As a horror fanatic, how would you rate it? I'd say just give it a watch. Okay. It's, I like that. You know, it, it, it ticks a lot of boxes, It, but it's not going to blow your mind on anything in particular. There might be a couple of scenes where you're like, ooh, but as a whole, yeah, just to watch it. Okay. What about you, Squidge? As a horror film, how would you rate it? Um, there are a lot worse horror films that try and take themselves seriously. Mm. Um, Silent Hill tries to take itself seriously, and it delivers on a lot of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so as a horror film, I'd say watch it. I've got no strong feelings towards loving it, but definitely watch it. It's an mm. experience. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, that's a fair enough point. I think for me, I would say if you're willing to sit through it and then give it a week and sit through it again to get those those parts that you may have missed the first time around, I think it's 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 definitely worth watching. And I'm somewhere on the bridging the gap between watch it and love it. Um, the thing that, that, that initially turned me off of saying loving it was a, it takes forever to get to the point. There's a lot mm. of, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be in the film. B the sound levels are all over the place, right? Yeah. So warning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, I had yeah. to sit with the TV remote in hand and keep turning it up and down, up and down, up and down. And the third one was initially, like I said earlier, and initially I thought that the the ending scene in the church was was over the top, but then eventually I came around to the idea that yeah, it kind of makes sense. So I would say try mm. it, right? So I, I feel like I feel like as a horror film, I think we've all agreed that people should try it because it's it it's it. worth a try, yeah. right? So yeah. that's cool. Okay. So what about as a video game movie? So not attached to any specific kind of um, any specific kind of IP or company, just an example of a film that is made off out of a video game license. Do you feel that uh, that you love it, that you think people should try it, or that, that they should fling it into a tree? I'm going to say love it. Yeah? Yeah, you know, it. it's taken a lot of years to really appreciate it for what it is and for all the bold moves that they did make. I mean, yeah, it's got its drawbacks. And hmm. let's be honest, what movie doesn't these days? Mm, yeah. Um, but I think for me, again, being a woman, having a very female-oriented cast leading the way, stunner. I'm glad that they changed that up from it being, you know, a male protagonist following after his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there was a lot of bold decisions made, and yeah, there was a few that, you know, there was some trimming of the fat that needed, but I'm going to stick with love it. Love it. Okay. What do you think, then, Squidge? As an example of a video game film, if somebody came to you and said, show me a good video game film, where would, where would it fall on this spectrum? Love it, don't mind it, fling it into a tree. I mean, I've only watched it once, and I had, to, I had to look up the story, so that's obviously not, you know, to explain some parts. So that's not really a feather in his cap, but I would say an honorary love it. Okay. Because you can, just by watching it, you can tell it is a bloody good effort at making a video game film. There was a lot of care and attention put into this. They brought in the the original guy. Who did the sound? I can't remember his name. I'm not going to look at my notes now. They brought him in to do the sound. So you've got... That's the one. You've you've got him who brings a lot, a lot of the... Ambience. Ambience, the feeling of the game, which the, the music in that game, in any Silent Hill game, you just listen to it. It's really mm. good. Um, so I'm going to give it an honorary love it because there are a lot of other video game movies that are absolute shash compared to this. And this movie can honestly say it can take itself seriously and stick to its guns. No one's going to laugh at it because mm. it's trying to take itself seriously like other video game movies. So I'm going to say honorary love it. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So for me, I feel like it's going to be a love fest. For me, I feel like what they did was they took the core content of what made the video game. Uh, again, I haven't played Silent Hill, the first one, all the way through to the end, but I feel like they took the core story from the game and made a film out of it. They didn't go, let's try and Mary Sue someone in. They didn't go, let's try and take this universe and make a story of our own. They had to make a few tweaks to the storyline to make it make sense in sort of like a 21st yeah. century world. And there were a couple of things I didn't quite like about it. But I think that as an example of taking a, a video game property and putting it on the screen, fantastic. Love it. It's mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. one of I think one of the best examples of a video game movie that has ever been made. Um and yeah. really I good genuinely yeah. believe there are only two good video game movies and this is one of them. Um mm. we are eventually going to get round to the other good video game movie, but I'm keeping that under under my under hat un, under my hat, under wraps, under whatever it is you put it under. Under, under his mustache. That's it. It's under my mustache. Right next to Mel. Put it under my socks. No one will touch my socks. <laughs> <laughs> we put it under the Fair socks. Enough. It'll end up worn by Rose and as uh, she runs through the uh, the, the, the forest, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's Rose's socks. No one will touch them. Gamey. Absolutely. <laughs> She's okay. a monster. An absolute monster. So what about same same rating system, but as a, an entry into the uh, Silent Hill universe? Now, I'm going to preempt your answers and say that even the Silent Hill people don't know what the U- Silent Hill universe is, right? Because you look at the last three <laughs> games that came out, they're all over the place, uh, right? Yeah. But what what do you think? As as fans of the Silent Hill games, I feel like I can't answer this one, so I'm not going to answer this one. As fans of the Silent Hill games do you feel like it fits well into the universe so my example of things that don't fit well into the universe the super mario brothers movie the resident evil movies the live action ones they are completely separate from it is this good enough that it could sit alongside the games do you think so you know i don't know whether squidge will agree with me on this but i've always interpreted the Silent Hill games, um, even after Team Silent was disbanded, that Silent Hill, the place, is, it's not really a place per se, it's more an experience, and it is tailored to Mm. your experiences. So, if we're gonna, you know, if like, it, you know, hypothetically, this was canon to the Silent Hill and using the term loosely universe, then yeah, I'd say it fits because everything that Rose experiences is unique to her, just as it's unique to James and Harry and so- and Heather and so on and so forth. So yeah, I- I'd say it fits in. I'd say it fits in. Okay, what do you think, Squidge? I'm going to hit you with a hot take. Oh. It doesn't. Okay. Why doesn't not? at all. It just for me. I mean, it's a good it's a good example of a video game movie, mm-hmm. but it's not. And I'll use the term quite literally. It's not batshit enough to fit into the Silent Hill game universe. Mm. It's it. It's just not. It's it's a good Silent Hill movie, but as a game, it just wouldn't fit. Counter argument to that. Sorry, mm. I know Go I on. shouldn't. Go on. But what if, like, if it was canon, mm-hmm. that yeah, so this was like Silent Hill's first stretching of its legs? 
So after I, I, it became whatever it became. I feel like I need to clarify something. I'm not saying what if they made a game of this movie. I mean, just like mm. as a part of the extended universe. Yeah. I mean, given if it was sort of like, I don't know, if it was the same, if it was like meant to be Cheryl's mum, mm. if it was her side of the story and what she went through, you know, if that's how you're going to try and fit it into the universe of Silent Hill, then yeah, I could see that. Mm. But as it is, sort of like a telling of the first game, just, you know, if it's based on the first game, you know, it's just, it just doesn't work for me. I, okay. it, it can, it can sit as a, a movie representation of the franchise, but being as part of the actual franchise, it just doesn't work. Okay. I just, okay. I don't see it working. So where it's, would you, where would you fit that on a three tier rating? Man? Are you flinging it into a tree? Yeah. Okay. Another hot take. That's... I would fling it into a tree. Do you know what? Uh, yeah, fair I, don't, I don't think that's a fa- I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a fair enough. It's yeah. a very good video game movie, but as part of the Silent Hill franchise, it just doesn't fit for me. Fair so, enough. Well, that's fair, dude. Okay. Yeah. See, I like that. I like when we have discussions like this because it's like let's talk about your opinion of stuff, right? We're not. No, no one here is yelling. We're not reviewing. We're not doing anything like. That. We're just sort of discussing it. So I like that. And like I said, I haven't played very many, very much of the first Silent Hill game, which is what this one is very clearly based on. So I feel like mm-hmm. I can't comment. I have played some of the later ones and played them through to completion, and I'm like, yeah, you know, the, mm-hmm. the like I said earlier on, right? The the later games, I think that they've lost something. But I think that's probably because Keep Konami. Silent. Yeah, what? right. They they can the team. That's that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So before yeah, we it, wrap it up, just, oh, sorry, it just through. goes to show that you can love something and hate things about it. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Especially, no video game movie is without problems. Yeah, yeah. Just because you like something so. doesn't mean that it is perfect and infallible. It means that you like something, yeah. right? Yeah. Unless it's a Castlevania anime series. <laughs> that's a whole I'm separate kidding. can of worms. <laughs> that's, 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 that's another so, discussion. Listeners wouldn't have been able to see it, but I think I think um, Lulu just triggered Squidge. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could hold it. I could hold it. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we can come back another time and discuss the Castlevania anime. I don't know. I've only ever seen and like, watch the first few it, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I've only ever seen the first few episodes, but it, it, TLDR it didn't grab me. But that's fine. That's it's not supposed to grab every single person. That's fine. Maybe no. I'm just not a bigger fan of the universe of Castlevania. I don't know. But anyway, right. Um, before we sign off, we do have some uh, some community comments. So I'd like Ooh. to read those out if you if you all don't mind. Okay. So I asked over on Twitter, and there will be a link to the Twitter uh, the tweet, I suppose. Um, I said, we're going to be recording our Spooktober episode and would love to hear your thoughts on the, the Silent Hill movie from 2006. And we've had two responses, which is 100% more responses, 200 respe- 200% more responses than I thought that we would have had, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So the first response we got was from White Mage, who um, at the time of recording is going by Star Catinium. Star Catinium, yeah. Star Catinium. And uh, White Mage said... I've watched it twice before I ever played the game. I found it pretty boring, honestly. There's a church, uh, sorry, there's a memorable scene of someone getting burned in a church, but not a film I'd recommend unless interested to see what it was like. And that's fair enough. Yeah. I feel like that's fair enough. That's valid. It's not for everyone. Exactly. Mm. 
And then uh, CJ of the uh, Casually Meta podcast, uh, we have an episode coming up with him very soon. And when you hear that one, you'll understand what he's what he says. Um, he says, well, uh, that movie was everything that I'm terrified they're going to do in the Borderlands film. So I get the yeah. feeling he doesn't like it. <laughs> and that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Very succinct answer that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there you go, right? So that's us discussing um, Silent Hill, the movie from 2006, based on Silent Hill, the video game from 1999 for the PlayStation. Um, I had I had a, a whole heap of fun doing this. Like I said, I've never played the game to completion, but I did I did enjoy watching the movie, and I enjoyed discussing it with you all. So thank you ever so much, Lulu. Uh, if people are interested in finding out more about your uh, opinions on things and some stuff that you're that you're doing, what's the best way that they can? They can find that information out. Is it just yelling out the window? Is it emailing me and saying, tell me what Lulu's up to these days? Or is it like Twitter or what? Tell tell the people. Signals work. I'm old. You know, I can read them. Um, (laughs) Send a crow. Send a raven. Semaphore as well. Send a raven. (laughs) (laughs) It's a classic classic Um, for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Twitter's the best way to go. I have uh, changed my handle recently for uh, reasons. Square okay. Enix. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Starcaller underscore Lulu. Um, you should be able to find a link to it uh, okay. provided by the lovely Waffling Tailors. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, hit me up there. I'm always happy to chat about things and just waffle at you. And I do accept ringtone requests. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll put I'll put a link to your to your Twitter on the uh, on the show notes. So you want to find out more about Lulu? Check the show notes and click that link. There'll be a link in the shorter uh, show notes that are showing in your podcatcher right now, and there will be a link in the full fat the full fat um, uh, show notes that I spend hours writing um, over on the website at wafflingtailors.rocks. If you want to find out more about us, maybe you've only just heard the podcast because you're searching for spoopy things, or perhaps Lulu has shouted up, hey, I was on this show and you should definitely listen to it, because the other guys were alright, but I was brilliant. Um, then then <laughs> head over to wafflingtailors.rocks to find out more about us. Um, and uh, I do just Google the words waffling tailors and will come up because you know i'm that good at seo stuff has happened right twitter facebook all that kind of stuff it shows up don't worry about that so yeah jaded internet magic that's it i've done the internet magic (laughs) that's the coding wizard that's the exact sound it makes when i do internet yeah literally just wiggles his fingers at the screen and things happen that's that's coding wizard (laughs) excellent well all that really remains to say, Lulu, is thank you ever so much for being on the show and, and listening to us waffle on about Silent Hill and and letting us know your your two cents. And I, I had a wonderful time talking to you. I always do. Oh, it's always I, a pleasure being here. Since you, you know, I always have fun talking with you because you're you're a good <laughs> friend and an awesome person. So thank you ever so much. Aww, thank- Thank you. Thank you for me again. Mm-hmm. Not so much. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, you know, with that, if that's the case, you, Jay, sling your bastard up. Go on. All right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you for being here as well, Squidge. Your, your, your opinions matter as much. Not as much as mine, but as much. <gasps> Brother syndrome, that there. No, I'm only messing. I'm only messing. You Triggered. <laughs> Right, sorry. That's alright. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so much for Jamie centering himself. What? <laughs> <laughs> My evil gallery face. <laughs> <laughs> Just as he coughs, his arms go up like. You tart. Go save your own planet. I'm off to the pub. <laughs> Give us a pint of Boddington's. Send pictures of pies. <laughs> That's a throwback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh shit, yeah, I'm starting on this one. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck jaw! <laughs> <laughs> Is that fuck you or lock jaw? <laughs> yes. Lock jaw! Lock jaw! Yeah, <laughs> one, one, one of the lesser spells in Final Fantasy. I cast Lockjaw. So I was thinking more trapdoor, but yeah, don't you want that Lockjaw? Lock yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. <clears throat> you what? Water, you know, you have to keep hydrated. It's good for you and your fur, and it will. Tongue, please work with me. I'm so Locked Right, I'm so sorry. My tongue just went. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details.